0: Seinfeld. The Cadillac is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, The post-show recap podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who have decided to devote all of their time to exporting podcasts. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's the Keith Whitaker. Q. how are you? To be fair, we do a lot of podcast imports also. Yes, we are importing and exporting. We have not given up one for the other.
1: No, I feel like the people who do podcasts listen to a lot of podcasts also.
0: Yes. So, kiev are you uh bothered at all by no headphone jack on that new iphone no i'm a i'm an android man I don't, oh I, you're I an android like, man <laughs> yeah
1: i don't oh. it doesn't really and also i don't even use someone emailed me today and it's like oh i texted you asking for a favor on monday and you never responded i'm like i guess i haven't seen my phone since monday <laughs> <laughs> <Wow. And> then, <laughs> that's amazing I, it was like between it was like behind my bed
0: but how do you listen uh, to all these yes, podcasts
1: so- oh you have an ipod with that you just listen to i have an ipod but no but i i work from like a desk all day so i also have like a laptop
0: next to me so i'll you know i'll play it out of a computer while i work sometimes but how do you do any sort of like mundane task and not have something playing in the background
1: well i do i i I, um if i'm like doing the dishes or something i don't do a lot of mundane tasks then i i have the ipod or i i I could play like a i'll bring a laptop into the kitchen and play it out loud if there's no kids around
0: walking around with a laptop android man and a laptop man Yeah, I'm old school. Old school. All right. Well, speaking of old school, we're going to be talking a lot about what's going on down at Del Boca Vista down in Florida. A lot of political intrigue going on here in the Cadillac as Jerry ends up buying a new car for his parents. And then there are all sorts of complications that arise because of all of this. Plus, George uh, attempts to court Marissa Tomei on a date. And Elaine is just kind of there. Well, she, her thing is she's in love with Jerry. She's sort of in love rich. with Jerry. Yeah, she has like two different subplots where in the first half of the two part episode, she is just sort of like thirsty for Jerry because all of a sudden she finds out that he has money. Not a great look for Elaine. No. Nope. And then in the second half, she sort of gets caught up in the lie with George. And then she sort of like just debates him on what the lie should be. I mean, she's very involved in George's storyline. You know, we always say like sometimes the B and
1: the C and the D storylines aren't well fleshed out, but because we have an hour, or I guess like forty two minutes here, yes, we get like tons of scenes. Like Kramer's storyline, which is a very B C story, has like twelve scenes to it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of beats, a lot uh, of beats. Yeah, George, there's a lot. There's a lot of different scenes with with George and Susan and Marisa Tomei, and like so. You know, I guess it'll be interesting to talk about like how well they do with. The extra time given, you know, and like, does it does it help or hurt these subplots?
0: Yeah. Now, Keith, right before we get into this, uh, we don't have any news to talk about, but one of our good friends and listeners, uh, Ben Standig, uh, who uh, does a lot of sports reporting on Washington sports, uh, sent us a tweet that he is uh, only but five feet away from Keith Hernandez at Nationals Park. What Seinfeld question do we want him to ask Keith Hernandez?
1: Oh, I was gonna ask him to like trip Rafael Montero. I wasn't gonna ask him the Seinfeld question. <laughs>
0: you want him to take out one of the Mets players.
1: Yeah, some of the bad Mets players. Some possibly. of the bad Mets players. Well I don't think Well, I mean, I, I guess ideally one of the good Nationals players would that would be helpful too. <laughs> right. Or at least spit on them. Yes, yeah, sp- yes, yeah, spit on spit on Bryce Harbour. See we'll see what Bryce does in return. Yeah.
0: Do we have any Keith Hernandez questions at the ready or do we need an algorithm from Sean Falconer before we can figure that question out? I mean I don't think there's anything
1: like Keith would remember from that time if you know what I'm saying. Mhm. Sure. So. I don't think I don't think he like even if we had like all the questions in the world like we'd have a hard enough time with like Jerry and Larry who actually wrote this stuff. Yeah. Uh fun fact this is the last time ta- this episode is actually written by Jerry and Larry. Uh the last writing credit of the entire Seinfeld series for Jerry Seinfeld and the third to last for LD he also writes the invitations in the finale.
0: Okay. Alright, well, if we can think of anything during the episode, hopefully uh that Ben is still at the Nationals Park as we go through. So maybe there's something Keith Hernandez related we come up with along the way.
1: Yeah, but maybe by the playoffs we'll have thought of something and we'll email Ben. By the
0: playoffs for the Mets or for the Nationals? Well, if it's the Mets Nationals, we'll get back to him. <laughs> okay, good. And also, let me just give this out at the top of the show because always I wait till the end and probably, you know, most of you guys don't even make it that far. You could subscribe to the Seinfeld post show recap go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes and we always appreciate the feedback and star ratings. Uh, if it's sponge worthy, whatever you think, just be honest. That's all we ask. Honesty is the best policy when it comes to leaving us ratings in the iTunes store, Keith. postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Yeah, people are doing a good job with that. Yes. I mean, if Marissa Tomei can win an Academy Award, we should at least be able to get some five-star reviews in iTunes.
1: Yeah, we could get 200 ratings if she could get an Oscar for My Cousin (laughs) Vinny.
0: That's right. Isn't that that
1: the, you know, it's not mentioned in this episode, but isn't that like the real controversial one where it's reported that the presenter said the wrong name and everyone went with it? Oh. Isn't that like a big Oscars conspiracy theory? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that.
0: This is the first time I've heard that
1: conspiracy theory. I believe it's like a big time. I don't know where it would start but i believe i believe uh you know like like she wasn't actually uh supposed to have one or uh, something i don't know i'm gonna have to you know i should have researched that before we wow. came on that's, that's a hot take keith <laughs> well it's not my take necessarily um okay here's from uh, the late website gawker yes uh, <laughs> uh a rumor is currently making the rounds of manhattan Fanned by no less than the former son-in-law of a Distinguished Academy Award winner to wit that last year, Marissa Tomei received her Oscar statue, her Oscar statue by error with a resultant scandal about it soon to be exposed. Much of this, I guess, the soon the is still waiting 22 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Polance was the presenter, and he wasn't able to read the name written on the envelope. Instead of asking for help, so saith the tale, Polance arbitrarily called out Tomei's name instead of the actual winner is a story's bunk, it says there's no need to reveal the name of the yeah. lady who was being bandied about as the real winner. But yeah, this is like a famous urban legend that, I, that I've heard of. Wow.
0: Uh, you know, and it's 22 years old, but she didn't really win, apparently. Jack Palance really just did nothing but cause havoc at the Academy Awards in the early 90s. Uh, primetime Hammer Time that he just uh, came in, gave awards to other people. He did like one-armed push-ups. You ever seen that clip? No, I've never seen the one-armed push-ups. I think he wins Best Supporting Actor for City Slickers, the first one, not The Legend of Curly's Gold. uh, Spoiler alert. And then I think when he wins, he does like uh, one-armed push-ups. And everybody's like, oh my God, this old guy is doing one-armed push-ups. Yeah, I don't know about that. And
1: they say the actual winner was supposed to be either Vanessa Redgrave for Howard's End or Judy Davis for Husbands and Wives. But apparently it's not such an under-the-ground rumor because Marissa Tomei hosts SNL the next year and she opens up by talking about oscar Plance accidentally reading her name uh she said uh i was just about the happiest i ever been since i was named miss teenage america the year was hosted by jack Plance. we were three years later when i stepped up on stage to receive though i didn't think i was eligible for it the heisman trophy from jack Plance. uh she won employee of the month all right so okay. that's the monologue from snl yeah. but so uh maybe maybe it was a uh,
0: you know if marissa tome wants to come on and discuss this uh, yeah. She's welcome to tweet to her real Steve Harvey moment uh, before it's time. Still a great night for uh, Jack plants. Also just to combine your two worlds, Keeve of, mm-hmm. uh, of Seinfeld and Marissa Tomei and football. Uh, do you remember during the height of the deflate gate scandal when Bill Belichick was asked about the air pressure in the football? And he said, I would not say that I'm a Mona Lisa veto of the football world as she was in the car expertise area yeah i do
1: remember that and i think there's some like uh anecdote where belichick has seen my cousin vinnie like 50 times or something <laughs> like that,
0: that it's maybe like, it's he heard that marissa tomei was really into these like uh you know witty stocky balding guys yeah and that <laughs> all of a sudden he's like dressers. hey yeah maybe i've got a shot <laughs>
1: In fact, you know, Bill Belichick is divorced, and some say it's because he watched My Cousin Vinny too many times. Yeah, maybe his wife thought that
0: he had a thing for Marissa Tomei. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Wikipedia would would suggest there's other reasons why he's divorced, but yeah, that's possible.
0: Yeah, so there you go. (laughs) All right, so let's get into everything from the Cadillac two-part episode. Uh, We got to get into this, and so we start off with stand-up, and thought this is pretty funny, Jerry talking about... The uh, drive slow and stay low motto of Florida.
1: Yeah. I, you know, if you have you ever like taken driven a car that like like, uh, you know, like an older relative or somebody had just driven. <laughs> yeah. The seat is very low. The seat is like all, it's all over the place. It's like literally on, you know, like you're eating the wheel when you get in and it's like, you know, you didn't even know it could go that far back or it's it's always something weird yeah something weird very specific and, and if you move it they'll never get to that like exact spot again and they'll get mad at you
0: i like jerry's line of when they have the blinker on for when they leave the house they call that the eventual left yeah 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 very early left turn signal <laughs> and jerry says that they back out and they're just going i survived let's see if you can yeah uh i wonder if jerry's in favor of like a maximum age for drivers oh well, probably not at this point no yeah that's true yeah Although the driverless car is going to be there probably, what, in uh, like five or six years. And then uh, we're going to end up with, and he'll be fine. Like before he really like loses his uh, senses, then it'll just be the cars that drive themselves. Are you going to be, are you going to need a license for the driverless car? Why? So like, can a child drive it then? I don't think a child can drive it, but you could put a kid in. I mean, you probably shouldn't let your kids be out of your sight to begin with and go do unsupervised things. But Yeah, but if they're in a car, who's going to come, like what's going to happen to them? um i don't know i guess could they sort of like just like um what if the car stops short the kid take its seatbelt off i I think that's probably i think i don't think you could just put your kid in a you know driverless uber and send them somewhere
1: right i think that's why i think they're still gonna have driver's licenses
0: Mm, no i I don't think you need a driver's license
1: i first of all i hope our kids aren't like going around and stopping short with people
0: (laughs) probably not probably not Uh, that move will be done much older that move will be done Anyway, so Jerry comes back from his trip that he had been on and he had the best time. We don't really know much about where he went or anything like that, but he with the best job and he made a lot of money, He made so much money and it was the highest paying job that he ever had. Kramer wants to see how much. Keeve, how much money could Jerry have made from a stand up date? <sighs> you know, I've often wondered about this. I have
1: a very specific number in my head
0: what's the specific Do you number? have a number
1: let's say let's say the same time and let's see if you know And three two, one and we'll see well, if we're we're okay all right so all right, you want to count this down
0: okay yes i'll count it down i'll count it you down. got mad at me last right. time we did this well yeah because
1: i said three two, one and on like two you blurted out the thing all right i couldn't wait <laughs> <laughs> So at three two, one and there's no zero then we say the thing okay all right three two one $50, twenty grand dollars 50 you're terrible at this <laughs> i mean how but much 20 grand year? doesn't buy you a cadillac in 1992 no 20 grand does not buy a cadillac 96, in
0: 1992 96 96 uh, excuse
1: me the cadillac cost. the yeah i uh, it's not I, it, I think someone even emailed in what what it cost but and also he said like i'll use part of it to buy a cadillac or something like that like so a i feel
0: cadillac like he, was... he it,
1: was, it was like a big gig like maybe he played like uh you know like you know two shows a night four nights at like the biggest theater in chicago let's say yeah
0: Okay, according to this uh, available styles of the nineteen ninety six Cadillac DeVille, original MSRP thirty five thousand. According to this, yeah, boy. I mean, is it that nice? Is it that great, Cadillac?
1: No, I mean, I don't think Cadillacs are, are nice. I think they're overrated. But you know, that he, you know, it's uh, it's an expensive car, and there's no way he 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 paid for the car, you know, using more yeah. than his one paycheck. So well, the paycheck has to be bigger than the car
0: it makes it sound like that he went and did one show or maybe one stop of stand i mean what was he playing caesar's palace where did he make all this money
1: yeah it could have been he could have done like uh you know a week in vegas or something like a mini residency in vegas or he could have done like you know a big theater in a big city where you know you have two shows a night thursday friday saturday and sunday night does he have that kind of cachet where he is selling out those shows well the real jerry seinfeld certainly does yeah um uh, you know, we've established that the fake, com- you know, on the show, Jerry Sunfield is not nearly as successful as Jerry. But yeah, if, in the 90s, like if you were doing The Tonight Show, you could definitely like sell out uh, comedy clubs. I guess so. But this is obviously, you know, but 50 grand is above a comedy club. 50 grand is a theater.
0: All right. Well, let's not get too grand, caught up whatever. On this. But anyway, so Kramer wants to see the check. Jerry doesn't want to show it to him, says it'll be weird. He shows it to Kramer. Kramer says he can't talk to Jerry anymore. It's changed the relationship.
1: Is that a thing, Keeve? Yeah, I think that it's hard, like, if someone is poor, it's hard for them to be friends with someone who's rich. hmm yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, generally, people are friends with people who stay in their social class. So if you, like, jump a class, it's hard for... And Kramer obviously always knew that Jerry had much more money than him, but I think just seeing this check made it all real to him.
0: Yeah, so... Jerry says he's going to donate a large portion of it to charity. And then Kramer is sort of excited about that. But then Jerry says, no, he's not going to actually do that. Jerry sort of like scoffs about donating money to charity. Yeah, I like that. That's his joke.
1: Like, <laughs> not only will I not give it to charity, but like, obviously, like it's a, it's comedic, the idea that uh, I would even consider it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you think, would that joke fly in 2016? Would that be something that would be so outlandish to get, like... Oh, yeah, listen, you could run for president and not give money to charity. Okay, I, I just feel like that the idea of giving money to charity, I think, is more commonplace in 2016.
1: Nah, I don't know. I think we were just, like, not on the charity circuit then. We were
0: too young. Okay, maybe that's possible. So then... Jerry says he is going to perhaps use some of the money to buy his dad a caddy. So he's always wanted one. He couldn't afford it. And he's going to do that. And Kramer says something unusual. He says, well, you're going to score some big points with the man upstairs on this one. And Jerry says, well, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that a very odd Seinfeld exchange? It is odd. I mean, it's weird because they're also like both joking, right? No, I mean, Kramer's
1: probably no Kramer's being uh, totally sincere and jerry's completely joking right
0: okay yeah um i think that kramer is being serious yeah and jerry doesn't sort of say it sarcastically i don't know it's weird i
1: think i think he was like saying with a straight face but clearly he's not like believing like i don't think that's i like you know the same way that if he cared like maybe he'd give charity he doesn't care about scoring points with the man upstairs Mm mm-hmm yeah you know, and and or like you know, I could even see him making like a Newman joke there, right? Like, I don't right? Like, Newman oh, you thinks. mean
0: Newman? Like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it's weird. It's 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 an odd Seinfeld line. Anyway, so we see Elaine with her friend Katie. Now, is this the first appearance of Elaine's friend Katie, or has she appeared earlier? No, I believe it's the first and last appearance. Okay, Elaine is asking an odd question. She wants to know uh, who was Pippi Longstocking. Did that have anything to do with Hitler? Yeah, it was such a this such a weird like aside. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in this episode where this is a 42-minute show, Keeve. I feel like that they have a lot of padding in these scenes. Uh
1: yeah, there is definitely there's definitely some extra support given to the scenes.
0: Yes. Uh unlike Suell and Mishki. That's right. Yeah, um yeah, this does I mean a
1: lot of times in an in an early in the episode, uh you know, scene at monks we will have a conversation that has no bearing to the rest of the episode. Sure. So it's not it's not like totally out of like the canon of the show, but it's it's weird. And also, like, obviously, this is just the type of thing that maybe people used to have conversations like that. Like, I know this person's famous, but I don't know who they are. Whereas, like, now we just Google it in two seconds and know exactly, you know, everything there is to know about Pippi Longstocking.
0: But some of this extra dialogue, though, while a lot of it is very superfluous, I do feel that at times this two part episode does have the feel of an earlier Seinfeld episode like season two, season three. I feel like there's a mm-hmm. lot of show about nothing in this two parter.
1: Yeah. And longer scenes, which was a, which was a trade of seasons one and two. Uh, I think I counted. I always write the scenes down at uh, 27 scenes. We've had one parters with 27 scenes before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there have been two parters with 40 scenes. So this is really this is, you know, a lot of a lot of fat scenes with like four minute conversations between, say, you know, Elaine and Susan or Jerry or, you know, George and uh, Jerry and his parents or George and Susan.
0: Do we have any theories why they had a two part episode here for the Cadillac? I
1: don't. Um, I mean, it's it's done over two weeks. Oh, right. Is it? I believe. I think so.
0: I don't think so. Um, I, original air date, I have February 8th, 1996.
1: Yeah, right. There's nothing to be continued in there. So I guess that wouldn't make sense. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess they just, I, they were probably just like, you know, to get to Florida. And yeah, you're right. The, the Both episodes were on the 8th. The, you know, to get to get down to Florida and to do that whole thing, I guess they had too much for like, is there any way? Could we cut this episode down to,
0: to 22 minutes if we tried? Um, I think we probably could. I mean, could Jerry gets his parents a Cadillac be in its own episode? I think. And then uh, could the Georgia and Marissa Tomei stuff be its own episode? Probably. But, but you? what about using the using like all the three
1: main storylines? Could we squeeze it into 22 minutes?
0: I wonder maybe it, is it, it's February? Is it February sweeps? And they're sure, like, okay, it's we always need to February leave, sweeps. Right. We need to go ahead and really kill it. Can Seinfeld, can you guys do a special one hour episode for sweeps? Like, OK, fine, I guess so. Uh, let's use up one of our extra half hours of Seinfeld in February. Is that it's just sort of like uh, cooking the books there for NBC in 1996?
1: Yeah, it, it probably is. I remember they did 24 episodes then, not 22. So you had, you know, two less off weeks. You had a little more time to kill. You could do, you know, they, they do, you know, from January, they go straight through February. They do like six episodes in five weeks. Um, I, I don't like, but it's it's not the type of episode that they could have like, you know, the Keith Hernandez one hour where you could promote like a special guest star. I mean, I guess well, Marissa Tomei, I guess they, but like, was Marissa Tomei? Re- I mean, I guess it's still only 96. She's a big enough draw.
0: Yeah, but, like, I'm sure they heavily sh- they promoted her. Marissa Tomei is going to be on Seinfeld this week. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think that was the draw. So I think that they probably had to just figure out a guest star that was going to be on and then they could go ahead and, and, and do all this stuff. But it's, it's weird that there's no good reason why this had to be a one-hour episode it just feels like that the marissa tomei storyline came up at the point where it's like okay, well we need something some big draw for this one-hour episode we're doing
1: i mean they do it again in six weeks they do like with you know with sort of less of a you know no real guest star they do the bottle deposit also one hour in in one night uh and that's more of like you know an adventure that takes them out of new york so it sort of makes sense like this episode that you know it stretches uh longer than a half
0: hour but you You know, I guess when we go through this, let's see which scenes we would have cut. Okay, fair enough. All right. So here's Elaine and Katie and they're having their nice uh, lunch. And then George comes through. We're supposed to meet Jerry. Does Jerry just like no call, no show to this lunch? I mean, George comes in looking for Jerry. Jerry never seems to show up. What
1: happened here? I mean, I guess Jerry's late. And, you know, we're we're only in the scene with them for a few minutes. So it's possible Jerry comes right after the scene is over. The next time we see
0: Jerry, he's in his apartment and George comes in. And says, hey, guess right. what?
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. So I, I guess they just didn't don't mention the no show. That is strange.
0: Perhaps Jerry was just caught up in the Cadillac purchasing. And then uh, again, if he can't be there, was he going to call the diner, like call the coffee shop? Like, hey, is George there? Tell him I, I'm not going to make it. Well, how do you even buy a car back then? Did you like is he calling dealerships and asking we'll, we'll them talk the about prices? that? That's I think that Jerry may not have gotten a great deal on this car based on uh, how this ends up going. But anyway, so George walks in. And so he gets the introduction to Katie, and uh, he talks about, uh, he starts making some jokes about the eyes, ears, and throat guy, or is a nose, what is it, eyes, nose, and throat? What is it, which thing? Uh, it's ears, no, ear, nose, and throat. Ears, eyes, nose, and doctor. throat. What can get, go wrong with, with a nose? Does it get stuffed? Yeah. I think they're all connected. Yeah. I think, I think that's a why a lot it's can the intake. Yeah. I think a lot can go wrong there. But anyway, so she's like, oh, he's so funny and then they talk about how like oh he's engaged and that's too bad because you'd be perfect for a friend of mine again this starts to get very weird and and awkward um you'd be perfect for her she only loves quirky funny guys uh and loves bald she loves bald quirky and funny how is this a thing and stocky although i don't think she
1: says stocky. doesn't say george George adds the stocky um I, i listen everyone has a type and i guess this is her type she's a celebrity what's she gonna get you know, she just won an Oscar a couple years ago. She's going to get someone as good as her. No. So she has to, like, go way down the list and, and you know, have someone where it's clearly
0: like she just likes them for their personality. Mm-hmm. Just bald, quirky, funny guys. I feel like that's a, such a specific type that Marissa Tomei could possibly be into.
1: Uh, I, Listen, you know, you got to go you got to go the opposite direction. Everyone thinks that she'd be into, like, you know, tall, thin models or actors and That's not her. That's not her thing. Listen, she's you know she's Marissa Tomei. She's not your average actress.
0: Yeah. Even if it was like oh she doesn't mind bald, I think that that would make more (laughs) sense. But she loves. But she seeks out bald, quirky, and funny. Right. She won't date someone who's good looking. Right. Right. (laughs) All right. So that George is finding out. Okay, it's Marissa Tomei. You you're friends with Marissa Tomei from my cousin Vinny. I love her. She was fantastic, and she was going to fix up George with Marissa Tomei, but she's engaged. Elaine is very odd in this scene. She just seems a uh, completely which is it plus or non plus, Uh She is totally non plus, totally non plus. And now I'm sort of yeah. like I psyched myself out from saying it wrong because I don't want to get. Well, uh, people
1: are going to write in and say we got it wrong, but I think that I think Chester is very big into the we get the non plus wrong. But mm-hmm. I think it's taken on a new meaning because everyone got the everyone just uses the wrong meaning to the point where the right meaning is wrong now. I think.
0: But yeah, Elaine barely hears it. It's almost like they don't even tell Julia Louis-Dreyfus how to play this scene. She's just sort of like sitting there. She has no reaction to that her friend was going to set up Marissa Tomei with George. Well, is she like jealous?
1: Like, you know, she must know. I'm sure this friend brings up at every conversation. By the way, one of my best friends is Marissa Tomei. And Elaine's like heard the story before, so it's not news to her. She knows nothing's going to come of George and Marissa Tomei. And she's probably like, I'm so tired of her talking about Marissa Tomei. Every time we get together, it's Marissa this and Marissa that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. She has no reaction to, oh, I was going to set you up with Marissa Tomei. She loves bald guys. She loves quirky guys. Finally, George says to her, Elaine, why didn't you tell me that Katie was friends with Marissa Tomei? She's like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking to not tell you that. But she has like no reaction to the whole first part of that.
1: Yeah, she's li- almost like not listening. She's looking at the menu or she's looking away or something. She's totally not involved.
0: OK, so Jerry is on the phone ordering the Cadillac. George comes in and he's uh, like, oh, OK, great. All right. So I'll go pick it up on. You know, it's he's made this whole Car purchasing deal over
1: the phone, Keve. I mean, back then, what would you do? Like, you don't, you can't, like, see the specs online or anything. Go to the lot. You have to, but you have to go to like, you know, price check. You go to like five different car dealerships, and there aren't a ton of car dealerships in Manhattan. There's probably like one Cadillac dealership. So you got to like go out to Queens or go out to New Jersey and and buy the car. It's annoying.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but I think he must have bought it uh, from someplace in Florida. So. Did he go and look at a car or test drive something in New York? And then, oh, we've got another dealership in Florida. I'll put you in touch with that guy and you pay whatever the MSRP is for here. Oh, so you think he you think he bought the car in Florida, but he's saying he's going out to check it to check it out. No, does he say he says he he hangs up the phone? This is what he says. I want this baby fully loaded. How soon can you get it there? Oh, that's terrific. Okay, thanks. Bye.
1: Yes, yeah, so he must be calling car dealerships in Florida. Like there's no New York dealership
0: involved at all. I mean, Jerry has to probably have paid double what the car was worth that he's just on the phone with some dealership. Give me fully loaded, okay? How soon can you get it there? All right, bye. I don't know, maybe someone gave him the name of like a like a,
1: you know, a reputable dealer in yeah. Florida, but also like this is an insane 1996 problem. I mean, yeah. It's like it's hard to get like the phone number even for a, car of a Cadillac dealership in Florida mm-hmm. without like you know, you could ask, he could ask his dad, but he can't ask his dad because of the surprise. But, like, if you know someone in Florida, you'd have to say, like, can you check the phone book mm-hmm. and see? And, you know, maybe a year from now, you could Google it or two years from now. Maybe you call so, like, 411. I think Google. that's
0: a, uh, a thing you could probably do there. Yeah. Yeah. I think they might have been uh. like, I need the number for, you know, uh, what bonka? a complicated time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So now here comes George and he comes in and he's very excited about the Marissa Tome. Have you ever heard of this Marissa Tomei? She's something. Uh, and we find out that Katie could have set Marissa Tomei up with George. If only he was single. Yeah. If, if only, uh, what do you think about Jerry eating the apple pie a la mode? I know you love the pie. Keeve. Love the pie. You love the pie. What about the ice cream on the pie? Or is that, is that non kosher? No, that's kosher. I, I, mean, I don't kosher think Kosher ice cream.
1: Do, kosher ice cream, kosher pie. You can mix them together. I, it's not something I do a lot, but I, you know, if someone offered it to me, I would I would be all over it.
0: Yeah, that's great. So while George is very excited about the prospect of Marissa Tomei, Jerry is very curious about, well, how does she know Marissa Tomei? George is dismissive. It didn't come up, but Jerry is sort of hung up on this. This is almost like an episode of this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's real. Yeah, they're really uh, George is fixated on it. I feel like what I mean, what do you think the answer? They probably just like college buddies or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know where Marissa Tomei is from, but it seems like she's but, from I mean, the she...
1: tri-state area, right?
0: Yeah, if she lives in the
1: city, they could be neighbors. You know, someone someone lives next door to Michael Douglas, and someone lives next door to Harrison Ford, and you know, you just have to be that neighbor, and then you know them.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, they're going into this, and George talks about how he could have been with an Academy Award winner. Um, imagine it would have been like fifty years ago if somebody set George up with Katherine Hepburn. Uh yeah, imagine that.
1: Uh, I mean, George would be lucky to land Catherine Hepburn in 1996.
0: <laughs> uh George goes on talks about how beautiful she is. Uh, the full lips—you could really put some lipstick on those lips. That feels like a weird thing to say, also. Yeah, very creepy. Very creepy. If <laughs> very someone said
1: that on the first date, that would be
0: it. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry seems to really be enjoying this. There's uh, too bad you're engaged, as he's eating the pie. Now it's amazing
1: that it never occurs to George, who has the real opportunity to date marissa tomei just to break up with susan yeah to break it off like it's never even broached like why not like you know why not at least consider that like once tomei agrees to go on the first date i feel like maybe break up with susan yeah i yeah what if what if he says on the first date you know instead of saying i'm engaged and getting slapped what if george says like i broke up with my fiance just for like one date with you i like you that much
0: Mm. I wonder if that's, maybe that's too he should. Much, right? Yeah, we got to play it out a little bit longer. I think that he should go on a date or two with Marissa Tomei, then dump Susan if he feels like, okay, this is very encouraging. This is not fool's gold. This is real. Dump Susan. And then in like two more dates, talk about how, you know, I just got out of a bad breakup. I just broke up with my fiance. It really was, you know, she wasn't into any of the same things that we don't connect like, uh, you know, that's why it's so nice to meet somebody like you. I think he can play with the timing.
1: Yeah, you could play with the timing and, and maybe make, uh, you know, make sure she knows that you got out of a relationship, but not that she's the cause of
0: that breakup. Right, right. We are, we were an exclusive during this first the first couple of dates. Right, that, that was a date. I mean, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think you could play with this. It, it's going to be, but I think that somebody of George Costanza's uh, capabilities could pull this off. Although you know, recently he's gotten worse as a liar for some <laughs> getting reason. worse he is getting worse anyway so here comes a knock at the door and it's the cable man okay the menacing cable man is here uh, hey where is where's kramer tell him the cable company was waiting for him yeah i mean it's really uh you know i the the
1: cable guy was like a really key player in the 90s mm-hmm. like sure. your cable would be on the fritz and you'd be waiting for this guy to come and i'd be like come home like mom did the cable guy come today and like nah it's your lifeline yeah. yeah, because it would be out and like they, they couldn't do it remotely, which is, I think, why he has they have these problems. They would have to go back into the apartment to take out maybe certain things they could do remotely, not like individual channels. Like they could mm. probably shut your cable. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so here comes the cable guy. Uh, this is uh, another appearance at the cable guy. We had the illegal cable guy come through early in the series run. Was that season one or season two? Uh,
1: I believe season two. Yeah. And that, you know, that was with the fake uh, the fake, you know, police coming in and sort of the dream and killing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Kramer has been getting HBO and Showtime for free. Uh, and now they want to come and take it out. It seems like a weird thing for the cable company to come in and set an appointment for it. Like, uh, hey, you're getting HBO and Showtime for free. We're here to take it back.
1: Right. I, I See, I don't know under those circumstances how they could ever get into somebody's apartment if they if they had to do it manually.
0: Did they need to go into your house to remove HBO at that point in time?
1: I'm really not sure if someone <laughs> remembers who, like, paid the cable bill back then. If, in 1996, right in. if you were getting HBO and you wanted to call to cancel HBO, did they need to come to your house? If so, that seems like a tremendous amount of work for <laughs> a them, A lot of right? work.
0: A lot of work. Like, boy, to just to cancel HBO, it's like, ah, that seems like a lot of work for the cable company to come in. They should, like, just pay you to keep HBO. They're losing yeah, money I mean, by you canceling HBO.
1: Sure. I mean, this guy's coming out 20 times. How what was HBO? Five bucks a month in nineteen ninety six? Like it's not worth it.
0: Like seventeen now. It's really
1: not worth it. Cable in general. Like I yeah, cable bills are are like astronomical. <laughs> not to go over. What, what rent. do you have? You have cable, you oh, have direct Keith, TV. What you I have
0: direct TV and I pay so much money a month and i like recently called up and i was just like this is too much money stop it i i need to i need to like i always say like oh my wife is getting is getting so mad that we have to cancel it um but i'm like but i like to keep all of my channels well do you have have sunday ticket I, i do but i i was just in such a hurry to get off the phone with them that i got i went down to i used to have nfl sunday ticket max and now i just have nfl sunday ticket regular what's the difference nfl sunday ticket max you get the red zone and you get like uh all the stuff you can watch on ipad and stuff like that oh you need the anymore. red zone rob i need the red zone but call um, up when you have
1: a free minute like in the car or something and mm-hmm. get the red zone back but you say like uh you, he, someone i always there's always someone on my timeline that tweets every season when i he says like when i call up uh DirecTV, like the week before the football season say i'm canceling sunday ticket they always,
0: like, give it to me. No, just I usually do Direct that. TV. I was just in such yeah, a hurry. Yeah, for
1: free. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I just was like that. I, I didn't have time to do it again. I'm just like, ah, okay, forget it. And then yeah. also, I was, like, I was just like, I just need you to cut my bill down. I'm paying too much money. And so I, like, cut my, like, programming to the bone. I, like, I don't even have ESPN anymore. Like, I'm like, I didn't even realize you, how many channels I lost. And then I had you to cut go. ESPN. I, I had to go back to what I had. It, it's, it's, uh, they've got you over a barrel. I mean, can you switch the cable? Call them up, Sam. switching the cable nobody I'm cares about my this. cable keith I, I gotta be honest even even uh <laughs> it's my cable and I, i'm i'm barely interested <laughs> you're bored <Yeah>. okay <laughs> fair. fair enough but i want to report next week i want you to get your cable I, back. offline i could easily do 15 minutes with you on this uh okay, but fine. we should re- have respect for the listeners
1: we're if, losing yes people. if someone if someone if someone writes in and says like i want
0: more i want more rob's cable bill talk then we'll give it to you next week <laughs> Yeah, one person. That's one of my powers. I think I can tell when the podcast audience is drifting. They're, they're yeah, like, I, I have the opposite. I feel like I'm like antagonizing the audience, and the podcast audience is like, "Oh, really, Rob? Do you really? Do you really?" <laughs> uh, okay,
1: so here is the list of things where I think you have no clue of what, whether people like it or not.
0: Yeah. All right. All right, all right. So Kramer has this whole story, and uh, ten years ago, the cable company kept him waiting. And then they tracked mud through his house, so he has to get revenge on them. Uh, is are, are you taking any joy out of what Kramer's doing to the cable company, or do you just feel like Kramer's a lunatic? I feel like they're you know they're
1: portraying the cable guy uh, as this evil person. The cable guy looks exactly like... Um, what's the SNL guy who died, the fat guy? <laughs> Chris Farley? Cause was he, is he more Farley, or he looks like John Candy? I always mix up their faces. Oh, boy. Um, maybe young John Candy. Young John Candy? Okay, but i i I think they were so like hated back then that it's easy to you know like make him the bad guy but i do think at a certain point like kramer is essentially like steal like they just want
0: to take away his hbo and showtime and he's kind of just stealing it Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if he's still being charged for it but uh well i guess he was getting it for free so yeah probably yeah he is can't they just
1: charge him for it that doesn't make any (laughs) sense right yeah. Like, okay, you still have it. We're charging you for it until you actually open
0: up your door. <laughs> yeah, that'll get it open up really quick. All right. So we go to George's apartment and he's sitting on the couch watching my cousin Vinny on TV. Yeah. He I've like, seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. actually have never seen it in full. I've seen certainly parts of it, but I've never sat through it. Yeah, I mean I feel like at this point you're you're not gonna you're never it. gonna watch it. I got it. Yeah. You know, it's what was it like Ralph Macchio, he's like gets in trouble and Joe Pesci comes in. Uh, they'll probably remake it in like ten years and you just watch the new one. Oh. <laughs> that'll be
1: good. Yeah, they remake everything. I yeah. don't know who's the new who you know, who's like the new Joe Pesci, but they'll Kevin figure Hart. It out. Kevin Hart's the new Joe Pesci. All right, yeah. I'm buying that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's gonna be good. All right. So Susan like comes Rock, in. Is it The Rock and
0: Kevin Hart? Because they're in a lot of movies together. <laughs> I don't know. Who, the Rock, uh, I don't know who he could play. I mean, yeah. you, you, there's really, it was like four parts. There's basically there's, there's Marissa Tomei, there's Ralph Macchio, there's Joe Pesci, and then there's The Judge. The Judge. The Judge is like a weirdly big character in that movie. hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, here comes Susan, and she has some groceries, and she's like, oh, what are you watching? Is that my cousin Vinny? and uh susan is like incredulous like what why are you watching this you've seen it before george
1: yeah it's very strange right like you're not allowed to watch a movie or a tv show that you've already seen
0: yeah and susan's dialogue is all over the place in this episode it's, it's very unusual she says to him uh oh did you know marissa Tomei won an oscar for that boy she's beautiful don't you think i wish i looked like that yeah i mean this is a person I don't want to make too much fun of Susan because she's not stable. She's, she's not, not all there not at this stable, point. She's real she's super crazy things coming out of Susan's mouth. And Susan says, turn it off. You're making me jealous. I'm going to think you like her more than you like me. If only
1: like I know I speak for you also. If only like anyone like my wife cared enough about like who I thought was good looking enough to like even make me do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Susan is Susan's actually concerned with like how George cares you know about her appearance and everything like it's a very bizarre thing for Susan to say
0: right i mean i can't imagine the the show that i would have to be watching for my wife to have that kind of reaction like if i was watching mm. like some somehow if uh, if i had all my direct tv channels back and then I, they also gave me like cinemax also then i mm-hmm. could see my wife saying something like sure. you know, something of that ilk but I, yeah. I i can't imagine if i was just like watching a movie with right. Silver uh, line, Playbook, isn't isn't Jennifer
1: Lawrence in that? Yeah, oh, she's oh, pretty.
0: She's hey. too pretty. Shut have that off. Have you off, seen Rob. this before? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Didn't she win an Oscar? Anyway, so uh, Susan leaves the room, and uh, George ends up uh, calling up Elaine, and he says, "Hey, I need you to talk to Katie. I need to get Marissa Tomei's number." It's shocking that Elaine says anything other than,
1: you know, basically just hanging up on George.
0: Yeah. Um, It's also funny that I talked about, like, Elaine's reaction in the coffee shop was odd. I feel like it's also very odd that Elaine has no idea what George is talking about.
1: Yeah, but again, she wasn't listening in the coffee shop. Also, why is Katie giving the number to, like, to Elaine for George
0: if Katie knows that George is engaged? Well, I don't know where the, we'll talk about that when we get to part two. I don't know where the number ultimately comes from because Katie appeared to be catatonic and <laughs> with no show. I don't know how they got the number for Marissa. Yeah, Tomé. we don't get a lot of updates on like Katie might be dead. We don't get a lot of <laughs> updates really on don't Katie's know. status. <laughs> we really don't know. Uh, anyway, so um, Elaine is not giving in and George has to yell and Susan walks in and uh, she's like, hey, what's going on? Uh, and George is like, uh, oh, this judge, I really hate that guy.
1: <laughs> the two Utes. Yeah. A lot of opinions on uh,
0: on my cousin Vinny in this movie. Yeah, a lot of it. All right. So Jerry is in the apartment and here's Elaine and Kramer. And they're talking about, oh, Jerry's buying this Cadillac for his parents. And Elaine's like, boy, I didn't know you had that kind of money. Yeah, I really like this whole,
1: like, how much, because it's never broached in any TV show, like, how much money the person makes or or anything like that. I like this idea that they're, like, super intrigued by, you know, Jerry making all this money because they had to realize,
0: like, Jerry does pretty well and has no expenses. hmm Yeah. And Elaine is just, like, totally, like, going into heat where she's just, like, saying, like, oh, I didn't think you were doing that well. I didn't even in that kind of position. She's like, when are you getting back from Florida? Like, it's always just more fun when you're around. Yeah, it's funny because like every few seasons, Elaine will be super into
1: Jerry for one episode. To me, is this like out of canon that Elaine is like really into rich guys? Because she's dated some total losers. She's dated successful people, authors, um, older dudes. But like this is – this is we haven't really seen much of her. Like she has no problem with Putty who's a mechanic or she's dated some total, you know, like nebs basically. But yeah. for, you know, to her to be this into Jerry just because he made a lot of money at a gig. like. They dated for a while. She had to know that he's make unless this is like the absolute pinnacle of his career. It's, it's weird that she's weird.
0: just like It's it's so bizarre for Elaine to sort of have this. I mean, Elaine has been around other guys with money. I mean, Tim Watley, you would think that as a dentist would do particularly well, but when Tim Watley implies that they might share a bed at the Super Bowl, it's like a total turn off to her. But now all of a sudden it's like oh jerry has a lot of money oh let me just sort of like uh, just is acting totally un elaine like she has like a totally different personality now right i guess when they need elaine to be money obsessed she is <laughs> i guess so and then
1: it's it's such a, a weird look for her uh yeah i mean yeah you're again we've established especially in season seven they're not afa- afraid to make any of the core four look absolutely terrible Mm-hmm. And this is you know another case of that like with you know Jerry robbing the the uh, old lady, but like here yeah right this is just like making Elaine look totally unlikable, but again not something that they're afraid to do.
0: Okay, meanwhile George is out in the hallway. He runs into the cable guy, and he you know the cable, George doesn't know anything to help the cable guy. He's been waiting all day this cable
1: guy. I mean the cable guy's strategy you have to question, like chasing Kramer around the city. Like, what's he going to do, like literally lead him upstairs and make him open his door? (laughs) I don't know. Like, is he authorized to do this by Plaza Cable? I I, like their methods. You'd have to, you know, someone should really call it the Better Business Bureau.
0: I'm not sure. Kramer is watching the whole thing play out from the peephole and the cable guy is mad. He's not going to put up with this any longer. And so George, like, walks in. Cable guy leaves. A second later, Kramer goes into the hallway and goes back into the house. How does the cable guy not hear any of this?
1: Well, he doesn't know that he's looking for Kramer. He doesn't know what Kramer sounds like. Okay, but he so, a door
0: open like two seconds after he walks. So away. he's supposed to like
1: go. I mean, he's in like a strange apartment building. He's supposed to like go. You've seen and, that
0: corridor. I mean, yeah. I mean, count the seconds. I mean, it's uh, like three Mississippi later. The yeah. door is opening, and Kramer is crossing back into his apartment.
1: It's a, yeah. It was a little risky move by Kramer. But what are you going to do?
0: Okay. Anyway, so George comes in. Thanks for nothing, Elaine. You didn't help George get a date with Marissa Tomei. I mean, she barely knows what's flying there. Yeah. And so that George just wants a cup of coffee. He says a cup of coffee is not a fix up. And Elaine calls him out like, no, you want to see if she likes you. And so what if he does? And this is what he wants to know. How will he live the rest of his life if he doesn't find out if Marissa Tomei likes him? And this is when he throws in the stocky part
1: yeah i mean also like you know i guess his like his opinion is that coffee isn't cheating mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like i like i, I don't, how would your wife react if you were
0: like oh i'm having coffee with uh
1: with um natalie portman this morning
0: okay well it's just coffee. Eve, i think this is a fascinating <laughs> discussion and it's one that the episode just sort of like presents and then doesn't really address because then address. we go back to that elaine is infatuated with jerry counting eight hundred fifty dollars which is not like some unimaginable sum of money that she's just like completely <laughs> mesmerized he has eight hundred dollars but right. at, we get into this question of it's not cheating if there's no sex uh i am in the, firmly in the camp that coffee is not
1: cheating yeah, but is it coffee that, that the spouse doesn't know about? Because then, like, why? What? what's the pr- purpose of the coffee? Is it like, is it only coffee because because the Natalie Portman wants it to be coffee, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell my wife every cup of coffee I drink, Keeve. I mean, she, like, you leave the house so infrequently that I feel like she <laughs> knows why why you leave the house, though.
0: Uh, Certainly I don't even know if she cares who I'm having coffee with.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. As long as you're out of the house, probably some peace and quiet is a, is a plus for her.
0: I'll even say this. Until it becomes a drink that has alcohol in it, it's not cheating. So soda is fine, too. Soda is fine with it. I We're seven up. Yeah, yeah. I think at the point where, you know, you're having uh, some alcoholic beverage or cocktail, I think that now we're starting to get into a, a fuzzy line. Uh yeah i I definitely alcohol i feel like you gotta at least tell the spouse yeah especially if it's coffee and it's daytime coffee plus daytime i think definitely that's not cheating
1: well i would be curious why you were having like coffee in a
0: like a coffee shop at night Mm -hmm. like what do you need all this caffeine for exactly well you gotta stay up right yeah that's right so then uh you know elaine is uh, like sort of just distracted by uh all the money and so She ends up calling to get the number for George after he insists. And we find out something terrible has happened. We find out that uh, Katie, poor Katie, has arrhythmia. Uh, Yeah. What's that like a heart defect, a heart murmur of some kind? I was kind of hoping you knew. So what is an arrhythmia? It looks like it's pretty serious in the hospital. It's not treated super seriously by Elaine uh, after she finds out. But in the hospital, it does look pretty serious. Yeah, I mean, she could like she could barely talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's, a, it's like an abnormal heart rhythm. Abnormal heart rhythm. But Boy, it really looks like it did a number on Katie.
1: Yeah, she may have had like a, the most extreme version of it. Maybe a okay. cardiac arrhythmia. All
0: right. Let's check in with Morty and Helen down in Florida. And uh, that poor Morty, he's uh, he's getting into the cookies. He needs he needs a cookie. Well, he needs a chip ahoy. Um, yeah. Why does he
1: keep using the singular version? I've never heard that in my life. Me neither. A chip ahoy. You, yeah. Even
0: one chips ahoy cookie is called the chips ahoy. Mm-hmm. That's right. He says, look, I got a few good years left. If I want a chip ahoy, I'm having it. That is exactly my sort of diet philosophy. Your model. few good years left. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jerry shows up unannounced and he has something exciting to show them. Helen says, whenever Jerry comes, something exciting happens. Is that canon, Keeve? uh yeah i mean it's usually something bad but
1: sure i mean what happened last time wasn't so exciting but he got a pen and everyone hurt their back (laughs) elaine hurt her back i guess that was exciting (laughs) yeah all right so we get this cadillac and uh by the way he like walks into their house unannounced he doesn't just show up in florida yeah i would never walk into somebody's house unannounced not even your parents i I mean i guess i he just opens the door i don't even know if there's a key i guess Mm -hmm. i would go in my parents house unannounced yeah why not
0: All right, so Jerry presents the car to Morty. He loves it, but Helen says, no, no, this is a nice gesture, but take it back. I do think that one of the things that seems to be a truism is that Helen always knows the exact custom of what is going to be acceptable and what is not. And she's always right. I don't think that Helen ever gets it wrong how an action is going to be viewed. I mean, she has
1: to have some personality. You know, she has to have some trait helen because she's really just like vanilla most of the time yeah
0: and they always say no you're crazy it's not gonna happen it always happens exactly like she says it's gonna happen so she's like uh prescient she could tell the future almost yes she knows that this will be perceived negatively if morty accepts the car she's not trying to be nice and say like no you can't buy us a car she knows this will be viewed uh, we will be pariahs around here if we get this car i mean you think it's like a bunch of poor people this is a bunch of like rich retirees
1: i don't i don't get why a Cadillac is such a big deal. I feel like half of them should be driving Cadillacs. I don't know.
0: I think that there is, some, like how Morty is cheap. I think that there is some sort of a, um, like the, you wear that proudly, how much money you're saving, And think. I think that's probably for them that they are very excited about like, uh, that, oh, that we're going to the early bird special. Look at us. Look how smart we are. We are able to beat the system here. And now all of a sudden an expensive car, I think, flies in the face of that
1: right i guess it's it's like it's so uh suspicious for morty to have anything ostentatious that they that that, you know they basically
0: start investigating for somebody else they might not care yeah i think so oh mr big shot yeah you got the dad a car anyway so uh helen is uh very upset about the whole thing jerry says well this worked out just like i thought anyway so we go and see kramer He's getting a phone message from the cable company. They say, Kramer, you're not going to get away with this. Uh, they're come. We're coming to get you. Yeah, I do like I do like the, you know, the
1: all the sequences of of the phone stuff. I think, uh, you know, that really uh, works for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in Florida, Morty is hanging out in the Cadillac. So he says something very interesting. He says, uh, Jerry, look, the seat's got a memory in case someone moves it. I could be in prison for five years. I come out. My seat goes right back to where I like it. <laughs>
1: yeah i don't know what i guess maybe is it possible that he is actually
0: stealing funds oh no i was gonna say well is it possible that the show is just giving us all these hints to prison stuff <sighs> yeah but maybe it's like maybe there's a like
1: because there's no reason. morty's like the, as as you know he's very cheap with money but as far as he's portrayed like he's this most honest guy and he would never steal money he takes money too seriously do so
0: you think it's but, weird that he says he would go to jail for five years
1: yeah, it's like the, the the fellow
0: does doth protest too much. Like, why mm-hmm. is he even men- mentioning this? Yeah. All right. Well, here comes Jack Clompus. Hey, guess what? My kid bought me a car. Jack Clompus can't believe it. Nobody would buy their dad a Cadillac. Is Jack Clompus the most hateable person in the entire series? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I kind of like Jack Clompus. You root for Jack Klompus. I don't root for him, but I like him like, as a character. Are you character. happy
1: when he deposes Morty
0: at the end of this, of, of this episode? I think that the intrigue surrounding Morty's position as the president of the condo, I, I found myself to be kind of uninterested in that storyline. I think that we spend too much time in the political dealings of Del Boca Vista in this episode right
1: Uh, that was something that has no bearing before or after this episode
0: right right i mean we're very much uh getting into if you don't care about marine in game of thrones we really don't care about what's going on uh, who's the leader of del boca vista
1: right it's not like we spent 10 episodes before this with morty being in charge just to (laughs) witness his demise and for it to be meaningful to the audience right (laughs) yeah jerry really does take a back seat uh in this episode car puns intended keith Yeah, although he's involved in a bunch of different storylines, but yeah, he's you know, I mean, this this is like the most, maybe the heaviest like Morty episode of the whole series. Yeah,
0: it's very passive. He's got scenes by himself without Jerry. Yeah, (laughs) so it's it's it gets a little rough uh, as we get into the back half of this. But anyway, so Jack Klompus says, uh, "Boy, I'm going to really look into this." uh yeah uh, Clompus, you know first of all like the ride in the cadillac is a weird
1: thing this is not some like lamborghini or ferrari that's like you know one of you know one out of like 20 like it's mm. weird to say like hey you want to go to a joyride in this cadillac like Clompus is definitely right about that it's a bizarre question to <laughs> ask somebody
0: well we go and see george in a very dark scene uh that's set in the hospital so george goes to visit katie who is sort of like uh, on oxygen she can't seem to talk and he comes in to find out if he could get Marissa Tomei's number. Yeah. And she's totally out.
1: She's in a coma or something and, and, you know, not totally non-responsive. Yeah. And again, really, maybe one of the darkest scenes we've seen on the show, right? And we've had a lot of hospital scenes. I feel like some of them have had to be dark. Like, yeah. there's a lot of like ignoring the person who's actually sick in the hospital bed
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in
1: Seinfeld lore. But yeah, this is not it's not a great look for George.
0: And so uh, he's basically saying to this woman who is, uh, you know, potentially in life-threatening danger, hey, uh, can you move a pinky if it's yes, you'll get me <laughs> Marissa Tomei's phone number so I could cheat on my fiance.
1: Right. I know you're in a coma, but I, uh, I need to cheat on my fiance. So mm-hmm. sorry.
0: Yeah, she might like me. So I need to tell my fiance.
1: By the way, you know what I was thinking? Like, if Marissa Tomei is really one of her best friends. George should just camp out there until Marissa Tomei comes to visit
0: her. Well, I think that that would have been a more organic way for George to run into Marissa Tomei. If this was the 22 minute version of this, I think that George running into Marissa Tomei at the hospital, I think then ends up uh, really streamlining a lot of this. Yeah, because we don't need to have the, hey,
1: Elaine, can you get the number? And then we don't even really know how George gets the number. Mm-hmm. Then
0: Susan catches him and importer, exporter stuff. I think that's probably the stuff that you cut if you're going to get down to the 22 minute version of this
1: probably although I, I i don't i think the import exporter stuff although not a typical seinfeld scene is pretty it's like interesting if it's, it's fun. not funny it's 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 probably more fun than funny yeah it's not funny but it's like it's interesting tv <laughs> yeah like seeing them caught in a lie yeah it's a good
0: podcast sure <laughs> sure maybe not for us but for them no, for them well, what works. do we know about good
1: podcasts yeah. yeah
0: all right so kramer's in his apartment he's reading a magazine it looks like he's reading entertainment weekly uh yeah, I mean, uh you know, back then you had to like
1: actually read Entertainment Weekly to see like what TV shows were coming up and movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Kramer ends up getting the call, and they say that, uh oh, there's an issue with your call waiting, and we can fix it. And Kramer's like, well, if you're the phone company, how do you, how come you think I have call waiting? I don't have call waiting. I mean, to be fair,
1: like he could say like, uh, you know, there's a twenty ways out of that. It's not the greatest gotcha in the world, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we have bad records sorry we charge you for it you know i'm happy to get rid of it i'm happy to come
0: in and give it to you for free whatever mm-hmm. yeah anyways so then kramer decides to put the guy on hold he like gets at like a boom box and then puts the phone on top of it yeah and then he somehow gets in the cab <laughs> and drives
1: by him and where's he going where's he going (laughs) i just like away from this guy who you know is really no the the problem is like the cable guy is really no threat to him it's Mm -hmm. kind of insane yeah unless the cable guy is like willing to murder for a you know for his job yeah um and what does he yell like uh, stop by we're gonna watch something on hbo i think
0: what he yells is that hey channel is gonna be on hbo tonight yes that's a good callback yeah good callback to the fake movie um too bad marissa Tomei's not in Channel. i wish she might be who knows it's a yeah. fake movie all right well let's go back to morty seinfeld at the small council meeting and basically they're saying uh the jig is up morty that's it we know <laughs> yeah. you're stealing way, that, from del boca vista that would make jack clumpus uh morty's hand and he really uh <laughs> hand pulls one over on morty <laughs> the hand of he's morty like the, seinfeld he's like Tyrion. yes yes we know you're stealing the money from us and uh, I do like that they get on Morty's case uh, when he says, no, my son bought me that car. Like, well, we've seen his act. He stinks. He can't pay his yeah. rent. Yeah. Jerry must have loved. I mean,
1: again, Jerry wrote this episode. He must have loved, like, you know, ragging on his comedy yeah. here. But it is funny that, like, there's, I mean, you know, obviously it would ruin the show. But, like, there's so many ways for him to prove that Jerry bought the car for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they're going to open up a full investigation into this Keith. Also, like the
1: idea that the fence money could even pay for this car is is probably not so accurate.
0: Mm-hmm, probably not. But, you know, I think that this is probably a good microcosm of like all of these, like whether it's like uh, some sort of like I think the office did a good job of this sort of thing, like party planning committee. Or there's like politics of er, like every stupid club of six people that's ever existed.
1: Yeah, and give a person like the tiniest bit of power and they'll <sighs> generally run wild with it or, or right. try and Secret wrest power from that person.
0: And, uh coup d'etat's and all these right.
1: different right. things. Even that Game come of up. Thrones, like the world they're fighting over is garbage. Like nobody should want to be in charge of anything there. It's right. like there's no bathrooms and no one like like we don't need, how big is Westeros really? Like it's right. not really, like everything is just like they're just fighting over the tiniest bit of power imaginable
0: right i mean when i was in college like the fraternity had like all these like politics and like uh who are you gonna vote for in this election and they're like oh whose side are you on it, it, it's like it's humans are are very stupid people
1: <laughs> yeah rob rob stayed out of fraternity politics no i was very heavily involved in the fraternity politics uh, uh- Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> did you run?
0: Did you run for like fraternity president and lose? Um, well, I did, but really, I, I just wanted to be the vice president. But I felt like that the person that I was that running, I, I ran against the person who was going to be president, only because I felt like that it would. So, if he ran uncontested, I felt like that uh, he would have less of a mandate than if he ran contested and beat me. So who you then I him. really just wanted to be the vice president? Where, did you did you get named vice president? Yes, yes. Okay, so and I simultaneously tr- yeah. ran for president, and vice president, but I really just wanted to be the vice president. And is it true you ran on a pro hazing platform? Pro hazing? Uh, see, I that look that I this is like a whole different thing. I I prefer <laughs> I, I prefer hazing that is that that is uh, humorous to me as opposed to like uh you know what do I need life running. Uh, 19 year old kid doing uh 60 push-ups where does that get me you know if you want to like send the send a kid out to go get you know um you know uh do do something funny uh, i'm I'm all for that I think that's that's uh, that's good that builds character okay So we're not anti-hazing, just the right type of hazing. Right. The right type of hazing, I think, is, uh, yeah, look, that's all in good fun. I think when you're starting to like, hey, funnel 19 beers and then get naked and uh, do, do," like, that stuff is like, uh, that's like some twisted stuff. Not cool. Not cool. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, um, you know, memorize this movie. I think that's, uh, that's the kind of things that I'm probably going to be more interested in. Oh, oh, wow. The world's nerdiest fraternity. That's exciting. Yeah, I think that's, well, that's fun. That's, that's fun. Yeah, that is
1: fun. Did you make someone memorize a movie? No, no, I'm just throwing out like an example. If you had to do college again, though, that's your thing. You'd make people memorize like the entire Big Lebowski or something.
0: Yeah, like do a podcast about like uh, what's going on in the uh, dining hall. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so only things to entertain you, basically. Right, right. We need people doing like, uh, you know, six million jumping jacks and, you know, staying up all night and stuff like that. That's that's crazy. Fair enough. Cruel and unusual. I I just like the unusual, not the cruel. (laughs) All right, I got it. <laughs> what are we up to? All right. So we get to uh, Morty and Jerry talking about going over the hearings, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And the problem is that people are going to think that they're in cahoots as they try to uh, figure out what's going on. And uh, the, also the major issue is for Morty that if they get convicted, then they'll have to leave the uh, Del Boca Vista facility. Yeah, you can't just
1: stay there. In shame when you're no longer the president you have to move out of your complex and yeah. move out of the state as we see in the next episode wow so a lot of stuff going on this, this
0: storyline continues in the next episode Keith? well yeah we see we see morty and helen in new york next week oh my god all right so anyway that there is a seventh person and there's basically the vote is going to be that there's uh three on one side three on the other side there's one undecided voter that they're going to uh talk to so uh evelyn is another woman from del boca vista she comes through so she's she's not a voter she's just the gossiper right she's sort of like the andrea mitchell who is uh reporting on what's going on she has her ear to the ground and so she's the person that knows mrs choate is the undecided voter yeah she's like the page six of uh of del boca vista (laughs) yeah adam schefter of Del Boca Vista and she knows that uh that there's also this uh party going on the Lichtenberg party but uh maybe they didn't invite you because they thought that maybe you're too good for them because uh, they ha- you have a Cadillac now.
1: Do you recognize Evelyn from anything? Is she Nana? Yeah, from the
0: nanny? No, from Seinfeld. No, she's not also Nana. Okay, so it, does Nana I thought when we did that episode I thought you said that that actress comes back. I I mean who knows what I said in I don't know. you know in I don't 2014. Know. Right. So who is she? But, uh, who is she? <laughs> She's uh, her, her, I guess
1: her, her most famous credit is she's the grandma on the nanny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grandma on the nanny. There, there you go. And, uh, uh, she, she, uh, lived a nice long life. She passed just this summer.
0: Okay. How old? 87. Okay. All right. So here now we get Kramer getting a phone call from Con Edison. So they have power surges in the building. We need to do a safety check. Uh, although then this is really Con Edison, not the cable guy, but. We don't see any payoff to this. Like, uh, shouldn't, like, the building explode?
1: Makes no sense, right? This has this had to have been cut. Like, there has to be, like, okay, it's, fu- it's funny that, that, like, he's hanging up on the person who actually wants to help him. But then what, right? There's nothing, there's no deleted scene from this episode. It's very
0: strange. Unless that we're supposed to believe that this actually was a ruse and the cable guy put this woman up to call and say it was Con Edison. Okay, so that's possible. That's
1: actually a good theory. that yeah the cable guy put this person up to it that's not bad okay all right
0: so we see george watching another movie now uh this scene i think we probably could have cut in the 22 minute version of it no question yeah susan walks in again and she says hey george you're watching another marissa tomei movie this time you're watching only you now kiev has anybody Mm -hmm. seen only you you mean enough to recognize it from sight (laughs) no i mean in general (laughs) I thought that's the title speaks to the viewer of it. It was not only you. You were the only
1: person that watched this movie. It just shows you that in 1996, there was still only one famous Marissa Tomei movie.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, How many are there now? Well, didn't she do The Wrestler? Wasn't that
1: like her big comeback? So there's two famous Marissa Tomei movies now. Two famous Marissa Tomei movies. Okay.
0: Anyway, so now Susan is starting to get really upset about this. What's
1: amazing is like in 1994, only you, I'm looking up like it's marissa tomei and robert downey jr mm-hmm. and like marissa tomei is like infinitely more famous probably in 94 than robert downey jr and then like even though she does nothing for a decade remains more famous and now he's like the number one earning actor in hollywood and you know he's much more famous than marissa tomei yeah like we had a lot of millennials write in yeah and and say like i've never heard of marissa tomei before oh yeah about that i mean how when was the wrestler what was that like 2007 2008 yeah but are the millennials weren't watching the wrestler with mickey rooney you know mickey that's, not, that's mickey mickey roark excuse, excuse me excuse me like that's maybe i'm a millennial that's why i don't even know the difference between mickey rooney and mickey roark but I, that's not exactly you know that's not exactly like the snapchat demo is watching the wrestler in 2007
0: perhaps not perhaps not um so Anyway, here comes Susan and she's back and saying like, "Boy, um, you know, it's, I'm starting to think you have a thing for her," for Marissa Tomei. It's such a weird thing to say also. Mhm. And then George is totally bizarre here also. Uh, yeah, well,
1: George like is he he's dreaming though. He's bizarre, but like this is an actual no, he, dream. Well,
0: he's bizarre before he starts with this dream sequence cuz he says it's like, oh, "What? What uh, like uh, why would you say I have a thing?" For marissa Tomei, it's not like she likes me. It's not like she's into bald guys. It's not like somebody's trying to. Right, who's trying us to up. set us
1: up? Yeah, that's that right. is a weird thing to say. It's like yeah. too too protesting too much for an absurd reason. Like obvious, yes, of course, no one is trying to set you up with Mrs. Tomei. Obviously,
0: yes, and and literally nobody is trying to set you up with marissa Tomei. Also, for the record, right you, right, now. right,
1: you are using a comatose woman to try and set yourself up with her.
0: Yes, and so then Susan walks off, and then George has like this crazy fantasy of marissa Tomei, where she like walks out of the kitchen. In a ball gown, and she says, Have I told you how much I loved you today? What's
1: funny is they get Marissa Tomei. I wonder if they only had her for for a very short time because, like, a lot of times you have on Seinfeld, like, the famous person who's off screen and we never see them. Yes. And here we get Marissa Tomei for two different scenes, Mm -hmm. but. I wouldn't call either scene uh especially iconic you know yeah not a lot of heavy lifting for marissa tomei right uh except that she has to uh make out with george right oh yeah it's not pleasant for her but uh <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta put a little extra in that contract but okay. i you know you, you get marissa tomei you're not really doing much with her
0: all right so we end up then with uh, george so making out with uh, marissa tomei on the couch and then Susan walks in and sees George like uh literally like going to town with a pillow <laughs> uh yeah I mean and I, he could just say like oh I was dreaming I thought it was you yeah it's a very unSeinfeld scene it's like getting a, like a little
1: say by the bell yeah it is very it's a weird scene there's a few say you know the chase isn't Seinfeldy
0: either I don't think no no that's bizarre also we'll get to that all right. So we end up seeing Jerry on the fold out couch in Del Boca Vista and Elaine calls and she calls what, the house phone in Del Boca Vista trying to get Jerry, and he answers the house phone at like three o'clock in the morning.
1: (laughs) I guess. I mean of course Jerry answers his parents' house phone at three in the morning. But (laughs) yeah, I mean Jerry doesn't have a cell phone yet, right? So it's gotta be the house phone. And so it's Elaine and she's like, Hey, you up? And I think this is technically episode two now. Yes if you know if we're if if you know they're doing in syndication, I'd imagine this is where episode two begins. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so she wants to know, like, hey, what are you doing? And she's being all flirty. And Jerry is totally not interested. She wants to come down to Florida to hang out with Jerry. I mean, she's just so bored and lonely. This
1: is like season three or season four, Elaine, right? With Mm -hmm. nothing going on. Not like confident Elaine from season six.
0: The one thing I'll say is that it is February in New York. Like maybe she just wants to get away from the weather. Why does she go down the first time? Why does she go to Del Boca Vista back in season three?
1: yeah i mean i I guess you're right like she's bored she's between boyfriends it's probably freezing cold it's the beginning of february why not you know go hang out with your rich boyfriend or rich (laughs) ex-boyfriend
0: yeah and jerry's not interested then elaine gets a call waiting and it's george he's calling her in the middle of the night and he wants to know like hey i need you to set me up with marissa tome uh yeah and again like elaine there's no
1: reason she should get go go along with any of this but she agrees to yes she's like
0: fine Uh, again how susan doesn't wake up or overhear any of this that we don't ever know listen george is a magician yeah okay so jerry's like okay no i don't want you to come here so bye sorry thirsty elaine yeah (laughs) and like destroys the whole like uh you know there's
1: no reason why elaine i mean i guess elaine needs to be in new york for the for the importer exporter stuff but like very very rough on elaine i feel bad for her
0: Okay, so now we have this uh, very long scene between George and Elaine. So, of course, George calls Marissa Tomei from the payphone at Monk's.
1: Yeah, and this scene is, is over long. I don't know if you, you have to cut the whole scene, but you should at least cut. It's like four minutes. Cut it down to 30 seconds. Yeah.
0: Where should George be calling Marissa Tomei from? That is, what about his office? Can he call it from work? You think the, pay, the Monk's payphone call isn't a good call? Feel like it's not a great call. I mean, it's like, hey, where are you right now? Like, oh, I'm in a coffee shop. I got your number from somebody, uh who knows. Uh I just figured I, I'd call you Marissa tomei from a coffee shop. I I mean, does she is she asking where he is though? Uh, I don't know. I don't know wh- what she's asking. Then I guess why does it matter where he's calling from? I mean, it, did anybody tip off Marissa tomei that George would be calling? I mean, we don't know how they got the number. That from what we last saw, I mean, unless Katie had like a miraculous recovery. Are we assuming that Katie is still in the coma? I mean, Katie's never mentioned again, right? She's never mentioned again. I guess we have to assume Katie has a full recovery. She, was in, she doesn't remember what George was saying, but she remembers that George came to visit her, or at least she's told George came to visit her. And that makes a good enough impression on her that she's willing to give the phone, a, like just a, not even acknowledge what George was saying in the hospital room. And yeah, and maybe she forgot that George has a fiance also. Maybe, maybe the arrhythmia uh, really did a number on her. Anyway, so George and Elaine need to figure out what is going to be the story of what they're going to tell Susan. Apparently, this is a Saturday. Uh, They need to know why is George hanging out with Elaine on a Saturday. We need to discuss the alibi. So Elaine suggests that she has to go to the dentist and she's afraid to go to the dentist. Tim Wiley Ah. callback
1: yeah I, I you know not the greatest you know not george not Elaine's like greatest moment. I don't think it's a great uh, a great excuse there
0: no it's a real this is a real stretch, <laughs> and so he's like, no, he doesn't think that that is uh too good and so Elaine is getting a annoyed, and George says, no, this is the give and take process. we never work together. you don't know how I work uh and so George throws out that maybe Elaine is having problems with her boyfriend and George needs to uh, help her out with this situation. Yeah, I mean, isn't that weirder though? Couldn't they shouldn't they have come up with plan
1: C like something much better than that?
0: Yeah, I think that there's probably there was more than two options for this uh this story. And that the boyfriend's name is going to be Art Vandelay. Now, hasn't Art Vandelay come up quite a bit? Isn't that like a that since that's George's go-to name for a lie, it's weird like
1: it's fine that Susan's never heard of Art Vandelay. It's surprising, but like we say, anything that happens off screen, you know, like they just sleep and hang out off screen like nothing interesting happens. So, OK, Susan's never heard the word Art Vandelay. Elaine has definitely been in the room when Art Vandelay has been discussed before, and she acts like she's never heard the name either.
0: hmm. Yeah. I mean, Art Vandelay has not come up um, on signology.com. dot com. Art Vandelay comes up in episode two, The Stakeout. And again, in uh, the red dot that George claims to have read, Venetian Blinds, written by Art Vandelay. And then, of course, uh, Art Vandelay is uh, the person he works for, or Vandelay Industries is where he works at. And then in episode 63, then in the pilot, in the sides that they're reading, they talk about Vandelay Industries. So I guess Art Vandelay has not come up in quite some time
1: yeah but elaine should still remember him like she's in isn't she in the room when when uh you know george comes out of the bathroom with his pants down Yeah,
0: that was like you know four years ago to them does she ah. remember what the name of the fake company he made up was i guess not i guess we're we're a little bit more obsessive about it than elaine is <laughs> probably considering she didn't remember that george was gonna get sit up with uh marissa tomei from you know one day earlier in the episode
1: fair point not really george isn't her main concern
0: yeah Anyway, so Art Vandele is an importer-exporter, and Elaine is not super interested. I mean, it's not the best plan, and Elaine is just really facilitating
1: George cheating on his fiance. but what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, it's weird that the importer-exporter comes up in this way, though, Akiva, because back in the second episode of the series, again, according to Synology, that uh, they're going to have lunch with a friend. This is the fake story they make up. Uh, the importer exporter Art Vandelay. That's ultimately uh, what they come up with there. So that George throws out when Elaine asks, What does he do? He's an importer. And Elaine says, Oh, he's just an importer, no exports. And then George gets frustrated and says, Okay, fine. He's an importer exporter. But Art Vandelay already was an importer exporter. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the issue? that for george it's almost like that he is flustered by the idea that art Vandelay is an importer and exporter and in his lie going back to the second episode of the series he already establishes that art vandele is an importer exporter okay i hear you i mean
1: shouldn't this not also be the focus of like the of like even if he is an ex- importer exporter shouldn't it be just general relationship issues that george is helping elaine work through right uh, you know if, if shouldn't george say to susan well, Su- Elaine said to me, you treat Susan so nicely, I really want your input on, like, he's not been so, you know, he's 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 been, like, uh, you know, maybe he's, like, cheating, or maybe he hasn't been a great boyfriend, and I'd like some advice from someone like you, George, who is a great boyfriend or fiancé. That's, right. like, what you want to say. It, it's a double
0: whammy, because you make yourself look good, and it's not something Susan's going to call you on. Yeah, that's a real home run. I, I mean, I think that it even could be as simple as, you know, uh, that he wants to move in with her and she doesn't know if it's a good idea. And what was that like for you and Susan to move in together? I mean, there's like a million mundane things that they could have gotten sure, what into. about
1: we're buying a present for Jerry. Cause he was such a good friend and he got us whatever. And, we're getting Ge- Jerry a gift for his birthday. We never bought him a birthday present. Yeah,
0: or one of these other like million friends that they like uh, the Drake or Kramer or, sure. Sarah, you know, Newman or anybody else that Susan doesn't know.
1: Yeah. Crazy Joe Davola has like a parole hearing. We're going to it.
0: <laughs> it's a crazy Joe parole. All right. So Elaine oh, is sort of. That's your hashtag. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Elaine sort of uh, very blase about what's going on here with uh, this story. She doesn't like it. Uh, no, there's no reason to like it. It's kind of bleh. Yeah, uh, so none of Elaine's ideas are getting in, and she's getting upset. Yeah, it's like the writer in the
1: comedy room. They're, 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 none of their jokes, they're, they're, you know, none of their jokes getting in the episode, and they're
0: mad about it. All right, so Morty and Helen, they are getting ready for Mrs. Choate to come in, and uh, again, Morty's very nervous. He asks, Should we make coffee? Should we make tea? Should we make both? Should we make both? And so anyway, the woman comes in, and it turns out that Mrs. Choate is the woman that jerry stole the marble rye from yeah and jerry's reaction
1: is super smooth
0: the old leave your mouth hanging open for
1: 30 seconds so mm-hmm. she notices
0: yes and so that uh she's a real tough customer mrs cho uh yeah she's been on the board the longest they say <laughs> yeah and so it turns out that she does not recognize jerry but she says uh you look familiar i know you from somewhere uh jerry wants to know did you ever go to camp tayoga <laughs> it's a good joke yeah all right so uh she wants to know uh you know what does morty want and they sort of like uh trying to convince her to vote in favor of not impeaching i don't know if that's a double negative but whatever it is don't impeach morty seinfeld uh or is he already being impeached is it like a
1: presidential thing and now he's being uh you know now he's getting booted but right? well, what I understand,
0: like- I think it is the vote whether or not to be impeached. So you think that the impeachment hearing has already begun and you think that this is a yay or nay vote on the evidence found in the impeachment hearing?
1: No, it's probably a one one shot deal. It's not like the presidential
0: thing. It doesn't seem like there's an investigation that gets opened up. It's sort of like because uh, we never see a trial or anything like that in front of the board. Right. They just sort of say like, yes or no. Should we vote to keep him or not? Nobody presents a case
1: right no nobody presents a case i just remember when clinton got impeached and they they interrupted the jets game big mm-hmm. jet game for the i was very upset about it
0: yes i believe if i recall was that a saturday jets game also
1: yeah yeah my dad and i taped it because because we we don't watch you know it was saturday morning mm-hmm. and we watched it right afterwards it was the winter so we were able to watch about like five thirty, and so we didn't know so not only was it like the impeachment but it was like a rerun of the impeachment that we
0: probably already knew how it went yes you know and they kept cutting. it was a jets bills game yeah i jets bills and yeah i believe it was the 98 jets and i believe that uh, they got yep. the doug flutie bills and this was like a big mm-hmm. game for uh, that i think they might have like did they clinch uh, yeah. having they clinched won their game? first division in, yes. in uh, at least 12 years yes no i vividly remember this yes
1: yeah yeah it was 17 10 was the final score dedrick ward caught a very long touchdown to win the
0: game yes for them. good job that's good what i job remember by the last uh happy jet memory That's right, (laughs) and and it's not memorable for the impeachment. Yeah, that's not what (laughs) we yada yada the best part. All right, so then uh, Mrs. Choate is uh, she doesn't put two and two together yet about uh, what's going on with Jerry. All right, so back with uh, Susan and George that uh, he needs to go see Elaine, and she's having problems with her boyfriend uh, Art Vandelay, and uh, he wants to quit the exporting and just focus on the importing and. susan is thinking george are you having an affair with elaine yeah it's so interesting like it is i mean it's not like a dumb question
1: to ask because they are acting very suspicious but uh you know it's never a, like
0: if your relationship gets that
1: point not a great not a great sign yeah
0: and so he has like a very dumb answer to this he's like come on i wouldn't if i was cheating on you with elaine i wouldn't tell you i was gonna go see elaine i'd make up somebody else i was gonna go see yeah, I, I like the peek into george's mind there it makes sense yeah yeah uh, again, not reassuring at all to uh, Susan. All right. So this no. is where things get really crazy. Keith. things might uh, come off the rails a bit here where Kramer ends up seeing the cable guy on the street. Yeah, this scene is that a family guy? Yeah, I don't know what this is. And we have this sort of like, I guess they're going for some sort of like, well, uh, what kind of like a thriller type movie of like a uh, chasing somebody across the rooftops of Manhattan buildings? Yeah, it's, a, it's like an
1: action movie here. Through must Times be like,
0: Square. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and also they're superimposed to the Times
1: Square. They didn't like go out the Times Square. So it's, it's even crazy. Reirder.
0: The green screen is terrible. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I, I don't know if anybody's watching this and, and cracking up that this is happening, but it is definitely in there. And you can't like when Kramer jumps off the building, you don't even like see what he's jumping on. It's not clear that it's bizarre. Yeah. And if the cable guy gives up, not worth it to him. He's not getting the money if Kramer starts paying for HBO and Showtime.
1: It's right. This
0: is the most loyal employee in the history of the world. Like everyone should hire him. Yeah. He's very dedicated to his job. All right. So it's 430. Morty and Helen are ready to go to dinner. And Jerry will not go to the early bird special. I mean, 430 is very early for dinner. I have lunch at 430 some days. Well, look at you. What time do you eat dinner? Uh, then I'll
1: eat dinner at like 930 if I have lunch at 930.
0: Wow. I eat dinner at 430, Keeve. Well, because you probably eat when your kids eat. No, I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to eat dinner at 4.30. Uh, I'd like to have like a cup of coffee and like some sort of like uh, like energy bar or something like that at, at 4 o'clock or 3.30. I'm not ready for dinner at 4.30, but then uh, I only do it because I don't want to make my wife mad, but it's terrible. I hate it. What do you mean mad?
1: Like what, she makes the kids dinner and you eat the same thing as the kids or you eat at 4.30? It's like, oh, well, that's the what time here. dinner
0: is. Like, uh, why can't you like- have two different
1: dinners like you, know, you could have the kids dinner and then the grown-ups dinner
0: she's like oh then i have to make dinner twice well you
1: could make the same thing and then just like you know i don't even want it. dinner like-
0: i don't even want it i just eat it because <laughs> she makes it keeve i don't even want but it i
1: it, say it's good for you to eat at four thirty because then if you don't eat afterwards you it's very healthy to like i'm stop not eating hungry but you'd be hungry at seven if
0: you didn't eat at four i'm fine i'm fine i'd rather just pick at something whatever's left over. Uh, i'll pick at it at eight o'clock when i get done podcasting <laughs>
1: get out of here <laughs> my wife just came in and asked if i'm giving health advice um i uh, oh get it, out of town i think um the i think the uh the the I'm, first of all i've said this before to you but i can tell you don't love food because who, no. who doesn't want dinner you you're you're you don't you don't really care about food at the end of the day is it blue apron <laughs> what the food if it's blue apron maybe i'll be more interested yeah well if they want to sponsor this podcast then maybe <laughs> but i think I, I to me it's like you know the if you don't need to eat at the same time your kids when i was growing up my sister was like a little kid and she'd eat and then my other like we had five different shifts of of food nobody yeah. ate together maybe that's why i messed up there was no family dinner ever everyone ate at like a different time and then my mom doesn't eat but there's no the, you know, they're like you don't need to eat at the exact same time as your kids at three thirty at four thirty. That's insane.
0: That's insane. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. So anyway, we go back to uh, with Morty and Helen, and Jerry is uh, drawing a line in the sand. He will not go eat at the early bird special at four thirty. And do you know what people have to pay if they eat at six? keeve I mean, probably not that much money, or they wouldn't no, go to this restaurant to begin with. <laughs> a lot. Well, Jerry says, "I'll pay. Let's go later." And Helen says, that's unheard of. It's unheard of that anybody would do that. I, that is actually a funny line by Helen. Because it mm-hmm. is such a thing like anyone's grandma would say. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, no one's ever done that before. No but one's again, ever gone to this restaurant past six.
0: She knows the custom. She knows the social convention. And she knows how this will look if they show up and don't eat at the early bird special.
1: Uh, yeah, listen, everything she says here is right. So can't argue with
0: Helen. She's always right. So we see George with Marissa Tomei in the park. And he's doing the manure bit. Yeah, it's the best material. He's doing the best material and she loves it. She's eating it up. Not literally,
1: not e- literally eating the manure.
0: Yeah. And so she says, "Wow, that are Did you just make that up?" He's like, "I'm not doing material here. Come on." Of course not. That would yeah. be crazy, right? <laughs> that would be really crazy. And she says, how is it that a man like you, so bald and so quirky and so funny, uh, is not taken? I mean, is George so bald? I mean, it's not like that he has like a completely clean head. Yeah, it's a weird thing to add the so bald in, but it's funny, I
1: guess. Yeah. So he says, to her, well, the thing is, I'm sort of engaged. Uh, yeah, why would he say this? Like, this is this plan on the first date to say that you're still engaged? Like an idiot. It's a totally idiotic thing to say to her
0: it is insane that he says this i mean at the point where he goes i mean what is she gonna say like oh that well that's okay yeah i'm marissa
1: tomei like i can't do any better of course i'm gonna date this bald ugly gross uh engaged guy funny
0: stocky yeah engaged guy yeah and then she just punches him in the face yes
1: and again this is probably you know we have this is the first of two uh, uh you know women punching men in the face i feel like you wouldn't even have this now even though it's women punching men really why, you think we've
0: come a long way in terms of
1: women punching men in the face? I think Marissa Tomei can punch George. I don't think that the fiancé can punch the fiancé. I have to agree. I don't think that the Susan punching George in the face uh, really played. No, I think there's no problem for Melissa. It should be more of an open-handed slap than a punch. You know, they did a really bad sound effects. What about here a also? groin kick? You feel better about that? Yeah, you could do the
0: groin kick. That's not bad. That, like, serves two purposes. It's sort of like uh, the that kills two birds with one stone yeah, well that's that's literally that's literal uh really adding insult to the injury i think on the uh the groin yeah. kick yeah you could do the groin kick but i don't mind this slappy
1: you know or punch even though it's the the sound effect is totally out of whack but mm-hmm. the, the
0: the the susan one is like a little too intimate i don't know Okay. anyway, so we are out in front of the restaurant. They get a good spot and then uh, they go in. And of course, Jack Klompus says, oh, look who's eating at six. Yeah. If you thought
1: Manhattan was small, forget about it. (laughs) Del Boca Vista. There's literally only one restaurant.
0: Maybe if you're not going to go at 430, maybe you go at like seven. You know, maybe you you probably this was uh, poorly thought out to go right when everybody else is getting out of their 430 dinner. Yeah. Bad job by them. Bad job by them. And so Morty is feeling emboldened, tells Jack Klompas, you don't have the votes to take me down. Yeah, they they're both very
1: confident in in the uh, in the vote tomorrow. It's like an episode of Survivor.
0: Yeah, um, I'm surprised that uh, Jack Klompas says uh, we do have the votes. And uh, if we don't have the votes, then the system is rigged. Yeah. <laughs> who knew? yeah, I wonder who he thinks. I guess he
1: thinks he has Mabel Choate in his pocket. Maybe like who convinced him that that he's voting, that they're voting for him. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. That's what the exit polling is telling him, that they've got they've got uh, Morty right where they want him. Anyway, so yeah. Susan stops by Elaine's house. How does Susan
1: know where Elaine lives? Uh, I mean, it doesn't bother me so much. I'm sure there's some address book in the house or something.
0: Okay, and I guess they were friends at one point, right?
1: Yeah, they hung yeah. out together for a day. That's not so they hung unreasonable. Out.
0: And so Susan wants to know, are you having an affair with George? Yeah, and she laughs hysterically. Yeah, she laughs it off. Ha, 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 ha. So what's going on with your boyfriend? Elaine explains Art Vandelay. Yes, uh, the importer, exporter. And the problem was that, and what is it? Elaine gets it backwards. That what that he is a potato chip uh, importer, uh, a diaper exporter. He wants to give up the exporting. And uh, was it the exporting or the importing? Boy, Susan has what a memory. Yeah, keep the importing, ask the export. Yeah, there's no way
1: anybody could catch the... Could catch that it's it's an insane thing for susan to catch she's like sherlock holmes and even she could say like oh yeah it's uh, just elaine was wrong and we actually because they had not even had the conversation yet so we could say george was wrong and like uh that he's you know i mixed it up that they wanted to yeah, you could know even but i guess follow this story i mean it's not important not important but susan i guess is so convinced of this affair that anything that's a little off kilter she's noticing
0: yeah Uh, maybe do you think it was partially because the rabbi went on tv and talked about how george wants to know if it's cheating if you're with a prostitute oh yeah you know that's not addressed here but i feel like that should be in her head (laughs) yeah i think so all right anyway so then we get to now elaine calls up on the phone and she says george call me back the jig is up now does she get george on the phone, or this is his machine. Oh well, if she gets George, their stories
1: would match. So she d- definitely does not get George,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So then she just. Oh, so we don't see her with uh, actually answering that she calls, but we don't see her actually uh, get no, a hold. No
1: rings, her. and then we don't know. But then obviously, you know, we're left in suspense. But when George answers wrong, you have to assume they never spoke.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So now we end up going to now Susan and George back at his house, and they want to know about the Elaine story. And again, we get into uh, Art Vandelay. And what does Art Vandelay import? Matches, long matches, he says. Immediate punch. (laughs) I like that he goes right into matches, long matches. That's such a random thing to just pull out of the air. It is a good guess. Yeah. (laughs) Better than diapers. And also chips and diapers. You should keep it in the
1: same family. Mm -hmm. It should be like he imports chips and he, you know, like it should be like chips and cookies. It shouldn't be chips and diapers.
0: Mm -hmm. And... Wouldn't you just import and export the same thing? Like, when you just work in, like, the same industry? Like, uh, for, like he imports matches into the country for the match store, and then there's also matches that are made in America that he exports. Yeah, I think you could import and export the same product, for yeah, sure. I think so. Or type of product. He's a captain of industry, Art Vandelay. Yes. Okay. So, then we get into the whole sequence of the phase two board. Motion to impeach. It all comes down to you, Mrs. Choate. What are you going to do? Yeah. And she votes for uh, Morty, but only briefly. Yes. And then Jack Klompus says, uh, can you believe he got that old bag? And then those are the magic words. She thinks back to the marble rye. And then, of course, she says, yes, Jerry was the thief. She votes to impeach Morty. Like father, like son. I do like that he insults her by
1: calling her an old bag and that ends up winning him the election.
0: Yes. Yes. And she's probably like the same age as him.
1: Yeah. I'd say the idea of insulting someone to win the election, it's, you know, it was invented here and maybe perfected later.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. You think Jack Klompas, uh would have been popular on Twitter? Oh yeah. He would have, he would have like, there would have a lot of been like
1: sad exclamation point stuff. Jack Klompas would have been, he would have been like a Twitter troll. He would have blocked people <laughs> left and right. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to mess with Jack Lampus on Twitter.
0: You think Jack Klompas would have been on Twitter like, Crooked Morty Seinfeld stole <laughs> so much money from Del Boca Vista. It's a total disaster, the Morty Seinfeld regime. Uh, no, or
1: it's like noted dummy
0: Morty Seinfeld. There's a lot of dummy. <laughs> <laughs> also, Morty Seinfeld is in terrible health also, by the way. Yes, uh, uh, Morty
1: Seinfeld like, You should see the books before Morty Seinfeld was there. Del Boca Vista had millions. And, you know, after Morty Seinfeld, disastrous rain in Del Boca Vista. They had nothing.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, So uh, Del Boca Vista politics really took a turn for the worst here that day. Anyway, so we go back to Kramer and the cable guy. And the cable guy is basically defeated. Keith, he says, "Uh, look, you want an apology? I'm sorry. Look, uh, we take advantage of people. We make them wait. We won't do it anymore. We'll have appointments. We're going to change the whole system. We can do it. And then Kramer comes out and gives the cable guy a hug.
1: Beautiful speech, really, by the cable guy.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. We changed the world. Um, I did see commercials for, I think it was DirecTV, that uh, they will give you like a specific time and they'll call you when they're getting close. Like I feel like this is still something we're trying to work the kinks out of
1: yeah for like the billion dollars they charge you they should be doing stuff like that though
0: yes uh, for me specifically or for other people
1: Uh, you know the billion dollars they charge everybody i don't want to talk too much about Directv; people get
0: bored but Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. all right so then let's come back to this uh this extended tag which i really didn't know what they were going for here until i uh, looked it up so morty puts on his jacket they put the bags into the car i guess we better go and then uh morty i like i knew it was something like nixon-esque but i didn't realize that they were parodying the 1995 film nixon
1: yeah i didn't realize that until i you know saw it on wikipedia or whatever but yeah it i'd never seen the movie nixon or or anything about nixon so i didn't know for mm-hmm. my time
0: yeah and so that's it and that is the end of the cadillac yeah
1: the you know maybe the sort of the least ambitious of all two-part episodes
0: hmm yeah i mean the- right, we had
1: the boyfriend we had the trip we had the pilot we had the raincoats uh, The raincoats aren't especially ambitious and the, we have all we have, six weeks from now we have the bottle deposit and then the only other two-parter is the finale
0: yeah well i do feel like that the mercer tome thing was ambitious but the stuff with del boca vista uh not Super exciting.
1: uh No, they listen. They tried. I think that it, it could have worked. I think five times out of ten that plot works. They just didn't hit a home run with it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And Marissa Tomei is not in a single memorable scene. Like I feel like there's ways to use her that would have been better. Yeah,
0: I think it was the idea of Marissa Tomei. I do think that that's memorable, but Marissa Tomei's actual appearance is not. uh No, her
1: appearance is totally unmemorable.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like John Voight,
1: it, but Voight like was in what a third of a scene. It's a little <laughs> different. Okay. What does he have? Like a minute more screen time than marissa Tomei? I mean, I the th- but also like the void wasn't there like the first time he's mentioned for me. Like Tomei, it's a double scene. Like you could have used her in different ways, and she's not the Keith Hernandez of this episode.
0: All right, well then let's grade everything out here, keeve So why don't we start with Jerry? Why, by the way,
1: why is it Kiev and not Wheels? How come we've moved away from Wheels? I never really liked Wheels as much as keeve Oh, really? And what about threenicker? You're totally out on that. I mean, I'll use it ironically, uh, just like Wheels. I did find... I was looking through, like, old fantasy teams. You could see all your old fantasy sports teams on Yahoo. Oh. And I found, like, a really old team of mine that was named Threeniker. Yeah. And... I, I would actually, my team was named wheels and there was a second team in the league named Threenicker. So wow. I didn't just invent these, uh, you know, this was 15 years ago.
0: Almost Kev, I'm glad you brought up Yahoo fantasy football.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, we're, we're, uh, you, you beat me this week. Yes. In our, in in our our...
0: Very, a very, uh, <laughs> closely contested contest. I beat Keeve by, uh, by one point, what three, eight points or something like that. Something.
1: Yeah. It's a crazy league. It was, it was like 400 to 399. Yeah. There's a lot
0: of points in that league. Yeah well uh okay so again people are getting bored so just wanted to throw that yeah. out there all right so Keith, let's grade this out so uh the jerry storyline everything going on in florida where are you going i mean it's so much of the episode i give it a b yeah i give it a b there is some gold there but it's just uh too diluted with all the politics of uh, Del boca vista what about george and wanting to date marissa tomei uh
1: the I, listen the wanting to date the Mr. marissa tomei stuff has some bad scenes in it mm-hmm. i do think the scenes with susan it's maybe the best susan we get in the series wow uh i you know i i, well, I kind of like well it's not a such a big compliment from such an anti-susan with yeah, I mean, faint praise yeah i think I, I i like the scenes where uh you know I, I like the scene where she questions elaine even though it's like uncomfortable it's a good scene and then the smash cut to like asking george and punching him i like that so i'll give it a b But it's really an A for the Susan stuff and a C for the Marissa Tomei stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably a B plus. I think that the scene in the hospital, I think, is uh, pretty, you know, while it's not super memorable or iconic, I do think that that's kind of, you know, hitting the nail on the head of what they're going for in terms of how horrible the core four actually are.
1: Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And the second he hears even the second he hears she's in the hospital, he says, what about her number?
0: Yeah, tonally, it's perfect, even if it's not always flawlessly executed, uh, a perfect George storyline. Yeah. OK, I'll agree with that. OK, Elaine, who really has nothing to do. She's sort of uh, thirsty for Jerry. And then she is uh, aiding and abetting the George cheating on Susan lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff with helping George is good, even though I think the monk scene is really not good. Um uh, so I'll give Elaine like a B minus. I, they could have done something with Elaine is thirsty for Jerry's storyline that they that they didn't even try to
0: do. Yeah, I would say that I'll give her a D for part one and maybe a B for part two. And that averages out to a C grade for me for Elaine in this episode. What about Kramer with the cable guy?
1: <sighs> I mean, I I kind of I don't mind the ending. I It's a funny idea, but it's not memorable. And the chase scene is one of the least memorable scenes in the whole series, I think.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I to me, it's a C. It's a C. Replacement level Kramer storyline over two episodes. That's what you got. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's right. like, yeah. So, Keeve, the Cadillac two-part episode, you grade it as one episode? I'll grade it as one, all well, the two-parters, yeah. Okay. And you do it like sort of like back-to-back? Is that what you do? Does it count as two or does it count as one? No, it counts as one. Okay. All right. So, if I had to guess where you have... Did it crack the top 100? That's what I'm going to come down to. I'll say... I'll put it at... Uh, how about... 90 okay you're, you're always pretty good with this i have it at 111 111 okay so that's technically that's technically a miss uh i don't have my buzz yeah it. it's a miss but it you're you're in the you're in the uh, <laughs> you're in the ballpark, in the ballpark. I, I just Park. think it
1: yeah to me it's like what were they trying to do the episode it, it's totally all over the place uh some scenes are very good there are memorable things from it there's not a lot of cla- there's no classic scene or like amazing line uh but it's not a boring 42 minutes but it, you know they could have done so much more with
0: what they had yeah all right, Keith. So you ready to dive into the mailbag, the Cadillac mailbag? Let's do it. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. That is the mailbag email address. And so, By the way, you say Cadillac mailbag. We should get a sponsor for the mailbag itself. Yes. That would be good. Yeah, that would be perfect if we could do that for the final, for the back, what, 56?
1: Yeah, if we could get a sponsor for the mailbag, that would be golden.
0: All right. So... Uh, we want to start off with our double team email. Uh, yeah, really becoming some of the MVPs of the mailbag these last couple weeks, the baby correspondent sisters, Courtney and Kendall are back. We talked about what would be the name of the baby born to the sounds of the Seinfeld podcast.
1: Yes. And clearly not busy with the baby. Plenty of time to email us back. I'm just kidding.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, but we got an answer. All right. So they've now the two sisters wrote one email together.
1: Yeah, they they, they they wrote one email and they, they delineated where it's Courtney and where it's Kendall with a C. Okay.
0: I'll read the Courtney part, you read the Kendall part. All right. Courtney starts off and says, My daughter's name is Aniston Melissa, but Aniston is not for Jennifer Aniston. I hate friends and I'm weary of people asking me if that's why I named her that. I'm not some upper-crust snob who would name her daughter after a woman who has nightmares about being on a plane with no shower. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's yeah, a really a great good call joke. Back. Um, great callback. Uh, and Aniston is Aniston's a good name. I actually like it, and I feel like nobody else has named Aniston. The middle name, Melissa, is for my mom. So, Akiva, you and I have that in common. Wow. That's right. Uh, that she, That's a, this is a very careful listener that she yes. knows my mom's name is Melissa. Yes. As a side note, there is actually a third sister in our family, and she has the most unique name, Tree. Uh, pronounced Cree so uh <laughs> I didn't need to read that part of where she said how to pronounce it uh unfortunately she's not a Seinfeld fan she has no idea what she's missing but where did Aniston come from then if it's not from Jennifer Aniston I think she probably just liked the name just likes the name it's a good name yeah okay so uh I mean she's killing the C thing but I guess that was probably her parents thing what would be the best name uh if you took Aniston off the board of a friend's baby uh named after you you got Kudrow Perry Perry would be good, I think. Schwimmer? Schwimmer would be probably the worst. Yeah, Schwimmer is not a great (laughs) name. Cox might Uh,
1: be not great. What about LeBlanc as a boy's first name?
0: LeBlanc? Yeah, that's probably like number two in the power rankings.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're fancy, you could be LeBlanc. Yeah. Yeah. If you are the type of person who has nightmares about being on a plane with no shower.
0: I got to say, at first, I, I was way out on Cox, but I think that Cox, uh, there's something to it. I think that it could be a good name. Yeah, t- I think it has to be a girl. You're flirting think with disaster. But, uh, yeah, you with You, think you, you you're, go with girls', girls name Cox. I feel like, uh, yeah. for a guy, I feel like it might be better. I feel like you're like, uh, like Brian Cox was like a tough customer.
1: Yeah, but that was his last name. And if, yeah, if somebody made fun of Brian Cox, they were going to end up in, you know, they were mm. going to toss him out the window in school, yeah. basically. So, all right. What about Kendall? What does she have to say? All right. So, Kendall. First of all, it's too visual. So, I, I think I'll I'll attach it to the um to the the you know the show the, the, <laughs> oh, the notes for the show. I need to see this. I but, don't
0: know. Uh, look uh, at
1: this. She attached pictures of what we. She said last week. She wrote and she said that she doesn't know what we look like, and she has a very specific idea in her head of what we look like. So she attached pictures, mm-hmm. uh, okay, and so she said that up. I look like one of the, one of the late season office characters. I think his name was Nick, the okay. IT guy. I sort of I watched every episode of the office, but I sort of blocked out all the all the last few season episodes. so I don't even remember who <laughs> who is who. But she also writes in. She's got some questions about the episode, Kendall.
0: Wait, hold right? on. So what are these? So these, She sa- did a Google image search for
1: what she thinks we look like. I think she has an idea. And then she's sort of like, hey, this is the actor. I think Akiva looks like it's a lot like and Josh then, Wiggler. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's me, though. I think I'm the Josh Wiggler and with the yeah, glasses. Who, and Who's this other guy? Who's who's the me? I don't know i don't think she says who it is but it's very visual so i'm gonna have to i'll put it up on the <laughs> like a reverse the, in image search
0: to figure out who this guy is yeah this guy is in a lot she better could just shape than us, I am. but yeah. yeah yeah um
1: so she says in part
0: oh, one you know what I think, sign- I think this guy oh. the guy I, who i am
1: i think he was the brother on true blood oh he's not from uh, he's not from fear of the walking dead no no I think okay like- <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> the new zealand guy um okay in in part one she writes was Helen Seinfeld auditioning for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? That was one ugly shirt. Yeah, Helen Seinfeld's clothes in this whole episode are really terrible. Yeah.
0: Don't close Helen Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> well, I feel bad for her. They should have given her better clothes. Uh, Kendall also asks, is it elderly canon for old men to have crazy eyebrows? Jack Clompus could have flown away at any second with those bat wings above his eyes. I think that is elderly <laughs> canon. Yeah, I do like, I like the bat wings. And she, uh, Kendall also wants to know. Do either of us have plans to retire to Florida someday? If not, what are our retirement plans? That's a good question.
0: Mm, Yeah, (sighs) it's a good question. Keith. do you have retirement
1: plans? I assume I'll just like soon like be fired and then like be totally unemployable where I'll just, you know sort of like ease my way out of the workforce by my mid 30s
0: no it sounds terrible i mean i (laughs) i I do like my job i'm more concerned about uh having being forced into early retirement by losing my job that's what i'm more concerned about
1: sure no and i like working i feel like if i wasn't working it would be a disaster i'd have to like help out around the house all day or whatever it's not 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 my strength
0: not good okay um So let's uh, let me read this question, this email from Megan Z, who this was one of my favorite emails that we've ever gotten in the history of the Rob is a podcast networks. Uh, Megan Z writes in to say, one of your listeners brought up last week that they have purposely not Googled you to see what you look like. I, on the other hand, thought for an extremely long time that Akiva was Roy Wood Jr. who Rob did a podcast with several years ago. Even though I have now Googled what Akiva looks like, I still always picture the very physically different Roy Wood Jr. when Akiva is talking. Wow. How about that? Now, Roy Wood Jr. uh, has gone on to uh, great success since I last podcast with him uh, as one of the uh, people on the panel on the Time Out with T.O. podcast. Roy Wood Jr. has gone on to national stardom, uh, maybe even worldwide stardom, as one of the correspondents on The Daily Show. Yeah. Man, that's a real gig. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Like, this is going to end my career that didn't (laughs) even exist.
0: Boy, uh, we'd love to see the side-by-side comparison of uh, Akiva and Roy Wood Jr. We've been mistaken. I feel like Roy Wood Jr. gets Akiva Wieneker a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, like, blocks people at this point. You say you look a lot like (laughs) Wieneker. That is amazing, Megan Z. Uh, of recent Rhap podcast.
0: Yes, uh, we talked about the uh, the best sound effects that uh, should have come out of if we were podcasting about all of Survivor through TOS and how to soundboard. It's a very convoluted, it was a very complicated story, and we're really anyone who doesn't people. listen
1: to your Survivor podcast actually they have no uh, idea what I just Their said. head, yeah, yeah, I don't even know what you had. What and I think I heard it. Okay, uh, Johnny De writes in and says, "How much do you think?" Uh, jerry made from the gig okay so we said this but I, I think it's 50 grand that i'm pretty
0: sure i'm right yeah i think that sounds way too high how much stand-up could he have done he didn't get 50 did grand for the making the pilot for nbc well that's got they got a, got a quarter a of that, of that. In, yeah. in, like, I, in a weekend he made 50 grand yeah i mean kramer b- was blown away by the number he can't i can't mean, what is jerry grand. make is jerry making a million dollars a year no but he says this is the
1: most money he ever made like mm-hmm. this could have been Vegas, where they just throw money around sometimes, or Atlantic City, or is Jerry something.
0: making five hundred k a year doing stand up in nineteen ninety six. I don't, I don't think in nineteen ninety six making five
1: hundred k a year. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, all right. Uh, Dan the
0: benefactor, what's he got for this, us? Uh, Dan the benefactor says, if this episode were shot today and all the characters were back in the mid thirties, what current celebrity is best for the marissa tomei role? P.S. I wouldn't mind if the Mets took out the Giants and the Cubs in the playoffs. Oh boy, Dan's getting greedy. Yeah, your mouth got there. Yeah. Heard Dusty Baker is uh, very worried about the Mets.
1: Yeah, I, I doubt anybody's worried about the Mets <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> All right. Who I'm would worried. play the Marissa Tomei role? So I guess we have to look at what Academy Award winners uh, from the last couple of years. And, but it has to be
1: sort of like someone who's famous, but also kind of one hit wonder. It can't be like, oh, Jennifer
0: Lawrence. It can't be someone that
1: famous, you know?
0: Okay. All right. So let's let's just look in the last five years in terms of the academy award winners and in uh but i think she was best supporting actress so let's just stick to that so marissa tomei for my cousin Vinny. what year was my cousin vinny my cousin is like 91 something like that yeah 91 this is like five yeah. years after that so we could go back a little bit further so uh we've got uh alicia uh vikander vikander yeah she vikander. just won no not not famous enough no not patricia
1: Arcat. no definitely not too old okay. no offense uh then we've got uh said lupita <laughs> lupita no. i like lupita that's not bad but uh, it's not a bad one actually lupita
0: nuongo okay uh and hathaway is she? Anne hathaway <sighs> she might be too famous too famous okay boy this is tough uh how about uh, what about jennifer hudson
1: well she's married to uh, a wwe announcer okay uh a really bad one too yeah he's terrible
0: well i don't i don't uh, know we he have went to harvard person. law school i think I if, but i guess
1: anyone who goes to harvard law school as far as i know is maybe probably we need to look smart. at the
0: best actress winners well how about this penelope cruz 2007 yeah that's fine i think that's fine you can go with that. i mean she's a little
1: older she said mid-30s penelope cruz 42 but doesn't exactly look 42 I, I think that's a that penelope cruz is famous enough that it's reasonable that like you could date her i think she maybe is married to javier bardem or something um but like not too famous that it's like absurd that she would be on a date with you you know
0: okay that's good i think that's a good answer
1: all right penelope cruz all right
0: uh what does matt in massachusetts have to say uh
1: matt in massachusetts uh he says he has a major bone to pick with the condo board in their investigation oh it would have been very easy to look at the vehicle report history that would have clearly shown that jerry purchased the car or better yet to look into whether or not there was a discrepancy in the condo's funds instead it appears that this investigation mirrored the procedure that the citizens of Massachusetts used during the Salem witch trials, where he could make ac- uh, accusations and charge people of crimes without any evidence. But what really bothers me is that on next season's episode, The Money, where the Cadillac comes back into play, there's no invest- investigation into whether Jack Klomp Cl- has embezzled funds to buy the Cadillac that Maury and Helen sold him. Why not? I find it hard to believe that none of the board members noticed Jack's brand new Cadillac. Well, it's not brand new, it's a year old, and it's about to get ruined yeah. by the end of the, uh, that episode. But, um,. Yeah, it's a good point i feel like clump but listen Clompus is a better politician than morty morty assumes that just everyone knows he's honest Clompus probably is a crooked politician he probably like dotted his e's and eyes and crossed his t's yeah. or whatever and and took care of that stuff
0: keith make a mental note when the next time we go around the rotation when we get back to the pen and the first yeah. time with uh, jack Clompus and del boca vista i want to make the hashtag in that episode pengazi <laughs>
1: No, but that's going to be in like two years from now. No one's going to remember what Benghazi
0: was either. (laughs) Well, well, look, (laughs) we'll be talking about how we just went through the rotation. And that's what I want to make the hashtag next time. That's amazing. All right, Lindsay. All right. Lindsay says, doesn't Elaine's sudden giddiness about money seem kind of out of nowhere? She's been with plenty of men who don't seem particularly rich, so it doesn't seem to be a requirement for her partners. Am I forgetting something? Yeah, she doesn't make the guy that she's trying to see if he's sponge worthy uh, submit his tax returns. No, not at all. You're just asking
1: about cleanliness and things like that. Yeah. Did you clean Haircut. the tub? Right. Doesn't want to know about anything. Where's your 401k? Yeah, no, none of that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very it's I don't know if it's very out of character, but it's not exactly uh, you know her her usual mo.
0: Yeah. Did you include the email of the person that sent us that they saw the Today's Sponge at the store? No,
1: I thought it was so visual, but yeah, I think her name was Sharon. It was a very it was a very good email. They found someone found the Today's Sponge. I think, uh, you know, she yeah, there was no Shirley
0: Shirley sent us a she she found a a Today's Sponge uh, on the aisle in uh the drugstore it sent us the so today's sponge i guess it's back more effective uh, yeah. than spermicide alone that's right and it comes in a three pack oh that's good all right
1: so that would have been good for elaine's uh, buddy over there
0: 24 hour protection so that if elaine had this one then, that really uh, answered
1: would... our question yeah that from last time where we didn't know if it was a one use and done type of thing or mm-hmm. not we didn't know
0: yeah very powerful stuff okay uh what about caleb
1: uh he says hey robin kliniker i like it uh wouldn't being on the tonight show make more money than any other show jerry can do no tonight show doesn't pay i think there may be a nominal fee and everyone gets the same amount it's like 750 bucks it's like a union thing or something Mm -hmm. that you like a thousand dollars something like that but it's no it doesn't pay a lot it makes you money because you get famous off it but no yes uh he he says that hasn't susan ever heard of a rewatch yes i don't know if that existed back then i don't know if you could just like go back and binge i love lucy or like a rewatch, you know the All in the Family. It, it was hard. There were no DVDs. It just wasn't on. Like maybe you could get syndication on a few shows back then, but well, it no, really no, 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 that but you, could, when, but you could watch a movie multiple times, right? Not, when, not TV shows.
0: Yeah, when you like the, on HBO, like my entire childhood, like the same five movies were on all the time. Sure, Sandlot. Yeah, sure. You just have you just had to watch the same movies over and over again. You watched them because they were on. You didn't have all this stuff on demand. So Susan is really out of bounds here getting on George's case about why are you watching my cousin Vinny. Yeah. And Caleb's also uh
1: proud that he's a millennial millennial who's never heard of Marissa Tomei.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, I believe it. it. Has not done a lot. We've established that. Uh mm-hmm. Craig from Vancouver wants to know why doesn't George just break up with Susan? He has the chance to date Marissa Tomei. The George Susan engagement is getting worse and worse by the episode it's crazy it's
1: a good point I, he should he should break up with her she's so crazy he could probably and like unbalanced at this point he could probably break up with her if the date with tomei goes bad beg her forgiveness and get b- right back together with her
0: mm, yeah it's a good question it's a good question uh what about amir amir says in season four's the watch morty refuses to let
1: jerry pay for dinner even though morty didn't have a wallet on him i'm not sure how the same person would accept a cadillac from jerry Good question.
0: I did find it to be out of character, you know, that he says, yeah, why shouldn't my son buy me a car? Uh, where Helen does seem to be the person like, no, we can't let you. So it does seem like that they took that character trait away from Morty, that he wasn't going to let his son pay for anything.
1: Right. But it's already off the lot. Like, he can't just go and flip it and he'd lose the money from but they've it. They've established that, point, so.
0: that Morty Seinfeld is also really cheap. So it's sort of like right. a weird thing to triangulate. He's cheap and he's really obsessed with money, but he won't let his son <laughs> buy him anything. I mean, I guess it's possible, but it is, like, a very specific thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, and so Amir also writes in, he says, I know this is more of a Chester comment, and I apologize for that. (laughs) When Kramer is chased by the Plaza Cable Guy, how do they run all the way from the Upper West Side, down to Times Square, then back up and across Central Park? The whole scene is slightly ridiculous. Yeah, we agree, more than slightly ridiculous. They
0: couldn't have Kramer get chased up the stairs of the Statue of Liberty and, like, around the torch? Yeah, they could have. I mean, again, it's a family guy-esque scene. There could
1: have been a giant chicken running after them.
0: Can I ask you a question? Uh, So, Is Amir friends with Chester or is it sort of like a sex in the city thing where you're Carrie and then none of the other friends ever hang out with each other?
1: No, they're friends. I said they're probably like better friends than I am with either of them. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Actually, that's that's a good, they could answer that next week. And then maybe, maybe we're making it awkward. Maybe they're like used to be really close and now they never see each other anymore.
0: And then is there another person that also knows you or or, there's a bunch of guys that know me and Chester and Amir. Oh, I'm sure
1: there's dozens. There's a whole but they crew. They don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not in the crew. I feel like Amir is probably in that crew, and then Chester and I are not in the crew, yeah. and that's why we just podcast. We're lonely, and we podcast together. That's my guess, but I don't even know.
0: What educational institution did you
1: guys all go to at the same time? Well, also like the modern Orthodox Jewish world is pretty small, and we're all the exact same age. Okay, so so it's like you're you the know, who's you, who you, of the modern Orthodox Jewish world. It's like. There you know everyone goes to the same five summer camps, and then like the 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 year abroad in Israel, everyone goes to like the same six schools, so everyone you have a million mutual friends, even if like Chester and I never went to the same school at the same time. we still love each other.
0: you guys are just friends with me for the diversity yeah
1: you're are our you are a token good <laughs> yes <laughs> all right, so what else does Amir have to say? uh he says, aside from the fact that your cable company can air drop channels remotely. Wouldn't they just shut the cable off and refuse to let their repairman in? Yeah, so we're not sure when and how they could add and drop channels remotely. I guess they had pay-per-view back then. That had to be done remotely. It wasn't like the guy would have to come to your house every time you want yeah, to watch WrestleMania.
0: A- Send the cable guy yeah. out here.
1: right? Yeah, so I, he's probably right. Okay. Uh, but I, it's a good question. And I don't. I just want to warn you, I don't have a, a funny comment for Chester this week. I feel like I'm out. So uh, Sean Falconer suggested I start an email address like rosechester at gmail.com. <laughs> but I'm too late. And he even said he checked and so it wasn't taken, but I'm too lazy to start a whole new email. Uh, so just, uh, it, you know, if you write into the Seinfeld podcast, uh, Here. just put the, he- put the heading at Rosechester, Chester and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll find it that way.
0: Well, do you want that? Or do you want me to just set up a Roastchester at postshowrecaps dot and then just forward it to you? Well, are you, are you going to, are you going to do that before the episode airs? I mean, I can do it right after we hang up the call. Sure.
1: Yeah. So roast at whatever you, what'd you say? What's the, what's the email address? <laughs> roastchester at
0: post dot com.
1: Perfect. And yeah, so I'll, I'll come that way. Cause I'm out of, you know,
0: maybe I have one or two in You're the bank, out. but I, it's, it's too hard to come back every week. So what does Chester have to okay. say? All right. Uh, <laughs> Chester says, uh, why is Jerry going to sleep on the foldout? if he's doing so well that he can afford to buy his dad a Cadillac and fly down to surprise him? He can't afford 119 at the courtyard by Marriott in Boca. It's a fair point. What about uh, Alexander Chester, the
1: man whose moral compass is as straight and upright as Teddy Bridgewater's left leg?
0: Uh, too soon. Too soon. OK, sorry. You got to see. You, you got to see how everything he's going to pan out with the sam bradford
1: yeah he's not he's already he's happy with sean hill chester yeah but the, as far as his question about sleep them sleeping in a hotel i don't know like parents do par- parents don't want you to sleep in a hotel you want your parents to come and sleep in a hotel parents want you to stay at the house so they could see you because they know if you're at the you're at the hotel you're just going to go to the hotel like the second things get awkward or you're not mm. going to see them like 80% of the day it's like they have you parents like get you that way right uh,
0: you're a prisoner they like that
1: I, ironically Chester's asking I assume his parents prefer when he comes to Minnesota <laughs> and stays at a hotel like
0: Chester have you seen the uh, or Alex <laughs> have you seen the uh court You're by Marriott Mot- has some uh, very competitive rates <laughs> the Motel 6 in St. Paul yeah uh, Susan's reaction to George watching My Cousin Vinny is a little too on the nose I agreed with that uh if your wife sees you watching some random Oscar winning film does she order you to turn it off uh, lest you start to like the actress more than her again i don't i don't know how well
1: susan is mm, yeah. i feel like i feel like the season finale is going to be a sweet release for susan yeah
0: all right uh, and then finally chester wants to know about nick from plaza cable his emotional speech at the end is nice but what authority does he have to speak for the company yeah is he in any way shape or form able to uh change the policies of plaza cable Is he the owner of Plaza Cable?
1: Oh, maybe it's like because that's why it's such like a dinky sounding name. Like maybe he is like he's the only guy. He's the only employee. He's the manager. He's the CEO. He's everything.
0: Yeah, I guess there was like a bunch of these little guys. And then like the Dolans just like bought them all out.
1: Yeah. What are the odds that the Dolans were the brains of a New York City cable operation?
0: Yeah. And then they just had like a monopoly.
1: Yeah. Couldn't figure out basketball or or hockey, but they really nailed the cable. They could just
0: buy out the other teams. I think they would have been fine. It yeah, is. that would
1: be great if they owned all 30 teams and had a monopoly. That would yeah, be Yeah, I think that,
0: that would be very good for the Dolans. <laughs> I think they probably would have won, I think, something. Uh, yeah, but
1: I, I think when they had to match equal wits, it didn't go so well for them. Yeah.
0: And that's why I heard Malcolm Gladwell saying about the Dolans. Really? Uh, I believe so. I mean, I think I saw watched him on, I mean, I'm no Bill Simmons completist like Chester, but I saw him on the, uh, the, one of the latest uh, Bill Simmons shows. it's not one of the latest ones this is from a while back. I feel like that's what he was It's probably
1: the last one you ever going to watch since you got rid of HBO as we established an hour ago.
0: I no, I never got rid of HBO. Wait, so you got rid of ESPN, but not HBO. I went back from there's like three We're, we're so far into the podcast. Anybody that's going to tune out is already gone, but uh, there's like, there's a, like five different tiers of direct TV and I was on like the third tier and I'm paying like $75 a month and I went down to the tier where I pay like $50 a month and I didn't realize that I was getting rid of like ESPN and like and stuff like that Uh, there's like a middle there's like a second tier where then ESPN is, shows up? I, I I thought ESPN was basic cable. I didn't know you could lose ESPN by going down to like sort of like the and basic package. Do you have an SNY tier? That's the Mets channel. For I used to pay does. for SNY, but now I don't. If anything, okay. I bet that, that the Slingbox that I use to watch East Coast feeds has those channels. So I figured, okay, if I'm really in a pinch, I'll just watch things on the Slingbox. But it was too annoying. Like on Sunday morning, I was like ready to start putting on like NFL pregame shows. Like, oh, I don't have any of these channels yeah so i think gotta you gotta it.
1: you gotta make a call this week yeah Listen, if you anything, work hard you deserve it
0: if I, I know i just like i it kills me that it's so expensive and so if anything I, i'll cancel like get rid of all that stuff in january yeah cancel after football season um what else we got uh, and that's all that i got i mean it's time to talk hashtag
1: yeah uh so what'd we say there was one we liked uh crazy joe parola yeah that's pretty good i don't know how to spell it but that's good
0: yeah okay All right, so uh, Crazy Joe Parola. Don't forget Pengazi the next time we get around to it. uh, On uh, talking about the pen, make a note, Johnny D. (laughs) Yeah, remind us on the second time through the rotation, and then of course, uh, special thanks to Scott Saint Pierre, who really, uh, you know, uh, does the unsung hero of all of Rob has a podcast of uh, uh, so many uh, so many stupid shows that I do and uh we shouldn't shouldn't even be special thanks it should be apologies to scott st pierre so many uh so many stupid podcasts that i make and uh there he is picking up the pieces on a lot of them
1: yeah i've never run a marathon or a half marathon or like a 5k or 2k but we're just run in general but i feel like doing the double episodes of these podcasts that's that's my equivalent yeah. of running a marathon Well,
0: somehow we've kept the runtime pretty similar to a 22 minute episode yeah but it, you know it takes a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> anyway so that being said also thanks to mike Moore who writes up the recaps Keith, what's coming up next
1: next week we've got the showerhead We got jerry going on the tonight show his parents move in new york and poppy seeds cause a failed drug test
0: yeah there you go all right very exciting stuff Uh, so if you want to send us in your email, Seinfeld The Post Show Recaps, and also help Keith come up with some new headings for the Chester email roast, Chester at postshowrecaps dot com. Have a good one, everybody. Take care.